Thanks, Kelly. Sports Radio 560 WQAM Miami Fort Lauderdale presents the Neil Rogers Show. Talk to Neil. Call 5670560 toll free for Dayton Broward or pound 560 on your cell phone. The opinions of Neil, his guests, callers, or anyone else on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WQAM, acquisitions, or the Beasley Broadcast Group. Now, Neil Rogers on Sports Radio 560 QAM. He has a stuff. He has a stuff. He has a my mommy is a crack whore. My daddy has AIDS. My grandpa was the commandant of Auschwitz. My daddy shot Kennedy. My mom uses Mac free. My daddy grows mushrooms in his butt. Kids talking too much? Give them a kitty doggy downer chew and a good smack upside the head. Kitty doggy downer chew. We'll help you get some quiet time to think about why you wanted kids in the first place. Go ahead. Shove something in their mouth. Yeah, George says, uh, use his philosophy, okay? Kids should be seen a little bit and heard it not at all because they're more than likely to blurt out the worst possible stuff to... Right. So anyway, uh, wait, it's uh, 10.01 here at 560 WQAM. We may have some Marlin baseball this afternoon. I wouldn't start getting... And by the way, Wow. Did anybody, I was coming to work this morning in a driving rain, and I, you know, pull out the CD, and for just a minute or two, and they got this PR guy from the Marlins on there. We could suck up to him and be real nice to him and kiss his butt. And they did. Wow. What a suck-up job that was. <laughs> uh, and Joe was on there, oh, yeah, well, we need a dome stadium. We need a, what is that all of a sudden, for Christ's sake? That was a two-hour blowjob. That was unbelievable. I was embarrassed by it, to be honest with you. I mean, I realize that we're still a Marlin station, and we're contractually obligated to have this albatross around our neck for another two or three years, I think. Oh, man. But to suck up to this guy and do uh, just terrible, just awful, awful. They needed somebody really forceful on there like Beefo this morning, and he's on vacation. They needed somebody who just doesn't ride the fence getting uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of that chafe burn on his rectum. Speaking of that, oh, and by the way, I have got even better than Sherlock Holmes. I'm telling you, my powers of deduction lately are really fantastic. I've got the answer to our letter, and the only reason I read it, and you notice Mandich even chewed me up for dignifying it by reading it on your unsigned hate letter, but nevertheless, the only reason that I read it on the air is because it had a ring of familiarity, and I kept thinking to myself, this sounds familiar, I know who wrote this letter. And you know something? I do. As 98 Degrees would say, I do know who wrote it. And I was telling George this morning about, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, that schmuck, that young uh, putz, called in and was giving me a song, and it's very indignant. See, one thing I love about a lot of you people is that if I express something and you have a difference of opinion, rather than just saying, okay, well, we disagree because that's uh, the way the human race is, we don't always agree because otherwise it would be boring. Instead of just that, as soon as I say something you don't like or disagree with, I'm an asshole. I was great right up until that moment. But as soon as I say something where there's a point of disagreement, ah, you're an asshole, you faggot, you suck, you know, that, all that crap, the usual stuff. So this caller was giving me a bunch of crap about uh, my saying how great it was in Amsterdam and about the fact that there's very little crime and uh, I would like to live there and uh, probably will in about three years and calls up and gets very irate. Why don't you just move there now, Neil? Why don't you go there now? He was there for two weeks and it was so filthy and it was so much drugs and yada, yada. And uh, he ended the call by saying, screw you, Neil, screw you, and whining, whining and slammed the phone down. That's the guy that wrote the letter. And the dead giveaway was that bit about, you know, why wait three years? Why, not just, uh, why don't I just move to Italy right now? Well, first of all, I'm not moving to Italy. Well, it's none of your business anyway. And number two, 
if you're not going to be listening, which I know you're listening right now, see, this is the thing, this is one of the most amazing things to me. I could write a book, The Psychology of uh, Talk Radio. Not the history of talk radio, not the chronology, but just the psychology of it. The relationship between the callers. Now, there are the passive listeners out there who would never call under any circumstances. And this guy probably, and you know he's listening right now, and he will deny it, which he don't have the guts to call again anyway because that would be a tip-off that he's listening, which is probably why he wrote the letter instead. But this bizarre thing about, well, you know, we're turning it off right now. And maybe not, we're still listening, but in just a second, as soon as we finish talking to you, we're going to turn it off. If I had a dollar for every call I've had like that in the last 23 years, I would be in Amsterdam right now with all that drugs and the filth and whatever he was talking about, all that uh, grotesque stuff that he was so upset about. But that's the one that wrote the letter, who's been listening since 1985. And we have a, we have a conversation. Was it something really all that provocative? Did I say uh, your mama? You know, did I did I say uh, your mother so socks in hell? Did I attack uh, his virility, something like that? No. All I did was say that this is a barbaric country. There are a lot of things about it I find very objectionable, including all the, the lack of respect for human life, the rampant murders that we got here, the uh, gun violence, and uh, I, I'm not crazy about it. I don't like it. And I would like to live somewhere I think is a little more civilized. And right away he goes on, goes off on it has a nervous breakdown, and after 14 years of listening, decides that he's wasted his time, and I'm a bad guy, and I'm a no-talent son of a bitch, and everything I touch turns to crap, and the Mark Jacobson this. First of all, I want you to stop and think about this. How many years ago was the last time I was on a Mark Jacobson? Yeah, talk about reaching for something. I was on a Mark That show hasn't been on, the Kendall Toyota show. First of all, he hasn't worked there for about two or three years anyway. So the last time I was on that show could have been like four or five years. Like I said yesterday, Scott Mitchell was on a show. Uh, Pete Sampras was on a show. People a lot more famous and a lot more wealthy than I'll ever be. Did anybody attack them for going on the show? No. no. But reaching, stretching and reaching, and it's not so much what he said. It's just the idea that he's pissed off because I disagreed with him. And because several times after I got the call, because of the, because of the degree of inanity of his response, I uh, quoted him. Screw you, Neil. And I mentioned that call several times, which finally got to him, obviously. Very upset. And listening right now for the 15th year. And we'll be listening tomorrow and the day after that. You're all my favorites, the ones who say it's one of two things. It's a radio accident, like the spick that called in yesterday that tunes in every now and then. And how come you say that word spick? Because of people like you, pal. That's why. Because every now and then I get a call from a guy like you that reminds me that there are real professional spicks out there. Just another radio accident, just tunes in every now and then. And then finally, when I ask him, why do you listen? Ah, so I can hear what an asshole sounds like. Ah, you know. Right. You're listening right now, amigo. Yeah, hasta que uh, your meters. He's listening right as I speak, just like all these other people who are going to turn it off any second. They can't stand it. They hate it. It, it nauseates them. Any moment they're going to be turning off this show, they have their hand on the knob right now. They're twisting it. They're turning it. They're fiddling with it. Not necessarily the radio knob and not necessarily their own, but they are uh, got their hand on the knob as I speak. You're not fooling me. Maybe you're fooling somebody else out there. You're not fooling me. Maybe you're fooling yourself. I'm ecstatic that I got that letter yesterday. It made me feel that life was worth living almost as much as going on there with Mandage. I don't know if anybody – and you know something? You know what I discovered yesterday? Well, I already knew this. But there is absolutely, positively, the amount of crossover I – don't, I don't think I've ever worked on a radio station like this before where the crossover is none, zero, non-existent. 
None. Because I walked in there and Mandich had just barely started his thing and he has a bone to pick with me, whatever that was, which is why I went in there to see what the bone he was picking on. And uh, there were several lines lit up. And as, as soon as I sat down in there, which, by the way, that's a very nice studio they got in there. Uh, as soon as I sat down and started talking, I could because the phone is right in front of you, I could see the lines blinking and popping out, going off, as soon as they heard the sound of my voice, even though... He's a very handsome young man. Who can't see that? Right. One Mandich over and Tommy Brady. Nice going there, Mandich. Nice call, Mad Dog. Told you. And, of course, he... You wouldn't answer my question about this book, which I brought the book in today. I got some stuff that'll knock your socks off, man. That'll just have you screaming in hysteria, either with joy or with uh, whatever. But I noticed that he not only didn't answer that question for the 500th time about all this crap that goes on, this locker room stuff and all this uh, clutching and grabbing and ass slapping and, you know, he evaded that. He very skillfully moved that along, and in doing so, distracted me from the fact, which I totally forgot, about the fact that his defensive Brian Greasy, where did Brian Greasy play his college ball? Michigan! So not only is, uh, you know, Mandich like an appendage to Bob Greasy, daddy, but Brian went to school at Michigan. So that's why we know that he uh, stands up for Brian Greasy. He's a very handsome young man. Who can't see that? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay? In fact, to be honest with you, he looks a lot like daddy which is unfortunate. He has a stunt. Yeah, that's true. Nine minutes after 10 at 560 WQAM. I'll tell you one thing. One day I think we'll just play Mandich Drops for four hours. You know what I'm saying? Like we That have son of a bitch is huge. Yeah, like those. For four hours. Get a 90s year, easy. Nine minutes after 10, everybody get the soap and the towels out. We're going to take some showers together here today. All the cadets, all the hockey players, all your other macho guys. Like at the Citadel, where they all shower together and feel real excited about it. Hey, they play like men, and they look like women. All right. Everybody is a good hygiene. I know a way to keep your hands clean. In public toilets when you're all through. Pick up your leg and flush with your shoe when you put flushes.
know who they remind me of? The footbrushes? That's, that's another group of pansies, by the way. They're like the guys who, uh, like uh, John Penis at the sight of a needle. I think that was when you were on vacation, when they came in and took my blood that time. And uh, Joe was working that day. And the John Penis uh, brought the people in. And uh, he sat in there with his head buried, like all turned all purple, redder than usual, because he was so embarrassed to look while they uh, drew blood out of my arm when they stuck the needle in there. Oh, yeah, you Mother. All, all these macho guys, who some of them who passed out at the sight of blood or that they thought of somebody sticking a needle in their arm, just like the foot flushers who are so, so Howard Hughes times a thousand, so obsessed and so neurotic about germs that they're flushing a uh, pay toilet with their foot. I mean, a public toilet with their foot, which is kind of difficult, of course, if it's a urinal. But nevertheless, never try that? So here's this book. This book is unbelievable. I should read the whole goddamn book on here. Laura Robinson writes, Crossing the Line, Violence and Sexual Assault in Canada's National Sport. About sexual abuse in uh, youth hockey junior and minor hockey especially, but also in a lot of other areas of male endeavor. And I'm going to read some of this today at the risk of being a little bit uh, pondered. Let's get rid of this crank call. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, screw you. Okay, thank you. Okay, see, how did you know that? 14 that questions. That was the guy who wrote the letter. That was the guy, right. But he didn't say it the same way today, of course. Screw you, Neil. Screw you. Yeah, and he's still listening, just like I said. Nice going, Neil. Oh, Man, God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm as sharp as a razor blade today. That's right. I'm as sharp as uh, Ray, uh, Ray Razor Whitney. That's how sharp I am today. Guy writes me an anonymous letter, and I know exactly who it is. Exactly who it is. No matter how anonymous you tried to be, I know it's you because you're just a paranoid twit is what you are. I'll see you in Amsterdam, sweetheart. Yeah, you'll probably be there at the Stable Master Bar. Probably another leather queen, but nevertheless. Well, let me just skip around here before I get into the meat of the matter, which is stuff that we've been talking about on this show for a long, long time. And, of course, the sports nerds, you better turn it off right now. That's a gay club, you moron. How many times have we said that on this show, especially since coming on this sports, uh, this jock-intensive radio station? Speaking of the Citadel, by the way, and Shannon I. Faulkner, speaking of that, the cadets uh, got some interesting observations. One of them says, I know it sounds trivial, but all of us in one shower, it's like we're all one. We're all the same, and I don't know, you feel exposed, but you feel safe. You know these guys are going to be your friends for life. We're all suffering together. It's how we bond. Ryan Pronger, a sports ethics professor at the University of Toronto, was author of a book called The Arena of Masculinity, Sports, Homosexuality, and the Meaning of Sex. In it, he refers to the paradox of orthodox masculinity. In a highly homophobic climate, a great deal of time is spent trying desperately to be a man's man. If a man feels the need to prove his heterosexuality, he engages in homosocial activities such as male-only sports or joins other male-only organizations. Within those subcultures, though, is a highly eroticized but completely denied atmosphere that tries to recreate the outside world and uses new entrants, the rookies or knobs, as the designated females. His older teammates bitch, to use the expression of the Guelph Griffins hockey team. We socially construct both feminine and masculine roles, so all hockey players and soldiers, no matter how brutal their behavior, are simply acting in ways they believe real men should act. Consistent in every expert's analysis uh, is the degradation of women or if designated women from subservient male group, whatever, whichever one happens to be. So it can be like a real woman or it can be like one of the uh, bitches, one of the young guys who we definitely have to see naked a lot and forced to participate in a lot of sexual acts. 
Now, here comes the good stuff. Peggy Reeves Sandy is a professor of anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. She studied campus fraternities for two years in the early 1980s before writing Fraternity Gang Rapes. In 1996, she wrote A Woman Scorned Acquaintance Rape on Trial, which includes a historical look at how attitudes and laws concerning rape were formed. She says the incidence of fraternity gang rapes are very high, but American research has shown that sports team gang rapes have surpassed them even higher. There are many similarities between the two. While girls are called groupies, pucks, puck bunnies, or dirties by hockey players, the fraternities refer to a woman who they believe will have sex with about any or all of them as a party girl. Both groups, as well as other male sports teams across North America, have developed a vocabulary to describe sex with these women. The show occurs when one of them has sex with a female and the rest watch. The rodeo occurs when she tries to get out of the room if she's conscious, and the train is the lineup of men waiting to have sex with her. Pulling train refers to the process of one man after another having sex with a groupie or party girl. Gang rape goes beyond the passive photograph and the singular act of masturbation that porn provides, says Reeves Sande, but the men still have this belief that the woman has no sexual agency, that she is purely a commodity, and that her passivity should be there to accommodate their sexual needs. The sex should not be mistaken for heterosexual sex, says Reeves Sande. Instead, the group masturbation for sports teams that is accommodated through the presence of a female body is really a homosexual act. The reason for this, she says, is that the emotional relationship exists between the men, not between the men and the woman, and her body services their needs to perform for each other. Her presence allows them to come as close as they can to an intimate relationship with each other while at the same time presenting visible proof of their masculinity. The real meaning of the words homo as in same and sexual as an act of sex gets blurred simply because a woman's body is being penetrated, but without female sexual agency, without an appreciation and respect for what her body desires, a woman may as well be a blow-up doll with three orifices. The only emotional relationship the athletes have with the female in this situation is one of contempt. This hardly fosters appreciation of female sexuality. The boys learn there to be items exchanged by older men in sports. It's the sports trade, which, of course, is the analog to the girls in the sex trade, but the girls don't get paid much while the boys do if they make it. The point is both are reduced to being an item for purchase. There is a relationship between the cultural image of a hockey player and the commoditized body of a player being put into circulation for money. We can measure the financial cost of producing a young man like this, but we can never measure the human cost. He is a highly sexualized and highly homoeroticized commodity, but the homophobia and the secrecy of this culture don't allow us to take a good look at how men rape these boys and how they, the hockey players, translate that into raping young women. Reeves Sande says that most rapes of young men occur by men who identify themselves as heterosexual because of homophobia. In fraternities and teams, much of the sexual abuse occurs in initiations. The initiates are caught not only in a homophobic culture that paradoxically has just abused them, but that they can't face what's happened to them because to do so would call into question the whole world of male sports, the father figures who run it, and what passes as family values. Instead, says Reeves Sande, they express their feelings of debasement through sacrificing the bodies of young women who are thrown away just like they throw away their own feelings, but they can't. As any psychiatrist would tell you, you don't get rid of feelings by acting them out, yet they have to constantly act them out over and over again because they can't face them. In Stephen Ortiz's four-year study at the University of Berkeley conducted with the wives of professional male athletes, only one wife out of 47 said there was any physical abuse in the marriage, and none said they had been raped by their husbands. But several described sex with their husbands as forced and devoid of any emotional attachment on his part. Sex in these marriages was also infrequent because the players used groupies and girlfriends for sex. 
Brian Pronger again, sports ethics professor at the University of Toronto in the arena of masculinity, argues that pro-sport is a homoerotic culture in a homophobic climate. This is a male-only club, says, pro, uh, says Pronger of pro-sport. That's a gay club, you moron. Whether it's in the locker room, the playing field, or a team party, there's no interest in really including women. Gang rape is really an excuse to have sex with each other, he says. The woman is the intermediary. She disappears as the vessel while the real sexual exchange is between men. Homophobia and misogyny are double-edged sword. These men fear the loss of masculinity if they actually have sex with each other. Instead of loving each other, they abuse a woman and use violent sport as the way in which they try to bond with each other. Why can't they accept what they're doing? What's all the nakedness in the shower room about? What's all the play and towel snapping if not a form of affection? In other words, that's a gay club, you moron. How do you like that? Just what we've been trying to tell you on this program. But, of course, what does an old fag like me know? You know, oh, it's wishful thinking. He's just making it up. Just like the business about the wrestling, okay? You're in denial. You're in denial. You can deny it as long as you want if it makes you feel. And, of course, you have to do that because it makes you feel better about yourself. Oh, you never thought of those things. No, not when you were down there grappling with some guy with your hand between his legs with almost nothing on. They just got wood because they were excited because of the wrestling. They they didn't do that. That uh, you're just imagining that. No, seriously, I would like somebody to explain to me why it is. See, I was I was just saying to George during the last break, it would never for any reason as a confirmed six on the Richter scale as a complete absolute faggot. It would never there would never be any reason for me to want to disrobe a woman to take off her blouse to take off her bra to remove uh, a bracelet. I mean to remove any piece of clothing, any garment. And yet all of these initiations, just like I talked about yesterday and as usual, very little response because you're all in the closet on this stuff, all of these rituals, all these initiations with these clubs, the fraternities, the locker room, the sports crap, involve, first of all, the booze to loosen everybody up, and secondly, nudity, the guys who got to get naked. And then, of course, all kinds of sexual whatever it might be, whatever they can get away with. Spanking. Yes, yeah, spanking. Putting bodily fluids on Exactly. You name it. Don't forget the military. Don't forget the marshmallows in the rectum. So maybe, so maybe somebody will fess up to all of this today because, like we've been telling you for a long time. That's a gay club, you moron. Excellent. Nice book there, Lauren. Thanks uh, to the guy, my lawyer friend, Alan the uh, Keys, who sent that to me. Thank you, sir. Holy Mackinac! This is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God. For a long time, I was a lonely virgin. That's right. For nearly 30 years, I had never known the rapture of connubial bliss. Until one day, like a bolt of lightning, it hit me. Fat chicks, they're easy. Men all across America are realizing the benefits of fat chicks. Not nearly as picky as those found on the covers of magazines, fat chicks are yours for the asking. Forget fancy colognes. I just smear myself with the scent of Twinkie and they come a-running. Fat chicks, jump in today. 1031 at 560 WQM. By the way, Lizette Campos on Channel 4, you're another jackass. They got her out there standing with her umbrella this morning in the pouring rain. Did you see that? And the big, the big, this is news in this town, okay? I want you to understand what makes news here. The fact that people are eating inside the sidewalk cafes down around South Beach, the artsy-fartsy places where they have the tables outside and people go outside and have their breakfast and their Chateaubriand and their uh, whatever they're eating. 
I sure hope their eggs don't get too runny, by the way, this morning if they're eating outside. And there's nobody outside. It's pouring rain. And Lizette says, oh, we looked inside, and even though the tables are outside, the chairs are all inside because people are choosing to sit inside this morning. There's a news story from Channel 4. People are eating inside because it's pouring rain outside. I want you boys and girls out there to write that down. We'll be taking an exam on it later on. This is a news story. And I'm sure a little later on, maybe in the new news today, Channel 4 can give us the names of all the dogs and cats that weren't lost this morning. That'll be some big news, too. Yeah. I mean, they do this with a straight face. That's the best part. Look at this tremendous response we got here on the phone today. This could be the most profound stuff I've ever read in my life. And I got one call on the board, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Boca. Hello. Is Boca Raton? Yes, sir. Hey, I have so much to talk about. I was going to talk about my germ thing. How when I wash my hands, I tear off a little scrap from the uh, the towel roll, then put it on the handle so I can get a full <laughs> a full thing of paper so I can wipe my face and hands. So uh, it's like that's like foot flush, and uh, I'm there with you in that club. As for the other subject, I started listening to, and I started realizing um, I might be gay. You have any uh, what, is, what does that advice? mean? Advice. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, you have any, uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> I was with a buddy of mine, and I wouldn't say that we were uh, uh, we were together with a girl, and yeah. I just realized I was like, man, what's what's going on here? I mean, we're um, next thing you know, I'm saying, uh, move your balls over. I'm trying to get one here, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Does that make me gay? No, it just means you're somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle, like everybody like, like else, most right? People, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh huh. Even though George was been in denial of that, but nevertheless, I think Neil, that proves it conclusively. Neil, God, thank you very okay, much. Okay, good luck to you, sir. Okay, Quick. clean the shower. Okay, there's a guy who's coming out of the closet a little bit. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. One call on the board here. It's going to be a long music-filled Tuesday today. You can smell it. Of course, we're building up to a Marlin doubleheader. I think most of that rain is like, uh, that thing took a wild turn overnight. It was going northeast, Harvey, and all of a sudden wake up this morning, and here it is going southeast. And like a big blob over us, most of which had already, thank God, passed uh, on by. So they may actually get those ball games in. Doubleheader at 3.30 this afternoon. Are you ready for that? No. I doubt it. Here's North Miami. Hello. Hi, right, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Juan. I, I've been listening to your show for a while. But uh, there's yes. a couple of things that... I mean, I like a lot, but I don't like. Uh-huh. And? Well, I, I think it's uh, the way you pick on people. Yeah. You, you know, you... Sir, I'm, if you have something to say to talk about, I'd be delighted to talk to you since you're my only caller on the board. But if you want to critique the show, you're wasting my time, okay? Juan? Hello? Have a nice life. Okay, that's it. That's our medley of call today. I guess put the book away. Pack up all the good stuff, put a little music on there. This audience got nothing to say about any of this, okay? We got Juan who wants to give us a phony critique of the show. He likes some things, he don't like some other things. Well, too bad, okay? This is what it is. If you like it, fine. If not, you know, put your hand on the knob and twist it like all these other people I'm saying. Always give me a song and a dance. Oh, we're turning it off right now. We can't stand you anymore. You used to be a good guy. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Got them today, baby. They're speechless. Just like the thing, I finally had one or two yesterday, very slowly but surely, sneaking out about the fraternities and the hazing and that stuff. And you want to know why? Because they're too goddamn embarrassed. That's why. This is another case. If we had a voice shredder here to, you know, hide the identity of the voices, we'd have 8 million people calling with us with the stories about the initiation rites. 
in their fraternities, at college, in the military, all of these things, all of this faggery that they go through. You're not fooling me. Here's North Miami. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. How you doing, Uncle Neil? Okay. Uh, you were talking about the uh, sports fraternities and how a lot of these guys are fags. Well, I know another one that a lot of people aren't really uh, in the know. Correctional officers. Yeah. Spent a little time in prison. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it was funny. You had, like, certain correctional officers that always wanted to frisk you and pass search you and conduct strip searches. Mm-hmm. And I used to ask them all the time, hey, what's the deal, man? You you know, you like looking at my uh, my unit, so to speak? Yeah. So I think there's something fishy going on there. But that's one that people need to know about. All correctional officers are fags. Why do you think they call it the slammer, by the way? Okay, pal. <laughs> okay. 5670560. Oh, Pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. And, of course, like I, like the book says very well, the women, and haven't I said this before, the women are just vehicles. It could be a blow-up doll. could be anything. They're just vehicles for group masturbation in these, uh, you know, in these gangbangs. That's all it is. Here's Cutler Ridge. Hello. Neil, how you doing? Okay, sir. One of the callers called uh, Mad Dog yesterday and said he heard on your show that there was a some fan got killed at the Florida-Tennessee game. And needless to say, the Herald didn't have it. We're just wondering if you can elaborate on that. Well, the, the story that we got yesterday didn't say it was, there were two kids that got killed over the weekend in uh, two separate incidents, but it wasn't at the game, number one. And then number two, the story that I got didn't say anything about the being football fans or anything connected to that. Oh, I just didn't hear anything on it. There was neither, one team the Herald didn't say nothing. Didn't no, the Herald, neither, neither one of our newspapers had anything about it. Well, they're clueless. Have a good one, Neil. Okay, pal. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Here's a lady mobile in Miami. Hello. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm calling from Miami. I heard your your show here, and I I know you probably want to hear from the guys, but I got to tell you, I totally agree with you. Totally. Yeah. You're right on. <laughs> I'm glad to hear someone coming out and saying the truth about these sort of things. Okay, sweetheart. Okay, thanks. Don't date any jocks. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and stay away from stay away from the hockey arena. Don't be pressing your nose up against the glass down there before the game. You know, like all those petunia pigs that are standing down there, all those desperados. Because what they don't realize is that you know if they get too popular, they start getting passed around like real big time. You know, five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. And and of course, why you know why should there be any doubt as to why uh, there are all of these rapes? Why, why most athletes have no respect for women to begin with. It's part of the culture. It's part of the whole jockocracy is to have no respect for women. Use them, abuse them, discard them, uh, lie about them. And, of course, 95% of the stories in this book, when the guys go to, to trial, the community is on the side of the players. And the woman's got to be a slut. She must have been. She must have wanted it. She was asking for it. She was. Uh, she's lying because she's not the celebrity. She's not a valuable commodity to anybody. But the jock, now we're talking, baby. He's got the big bucks. Only $50. He's where our future lies. He's where our ego lies. wonder how Eddie's doing, by the way. Special Ed. 21 before 11 at 560 WQM. Our son of a bitch is huge. This city is in the grip of fear. And 
on the brink of destruction. Who among us will take a stand against the forces of evil? Oh, this totally sucks. You can bet it won't be. Hey, now. I'm just going to sit right here and wait to die, all right? The Misery Men. This sucks balls. Big balls. Big donkey balls. Misery Men. Aren't you miserable? That's going to do anything? No. Catch the misery in theaters everywhere. 1044 560 WQM. By the way, did anybody ever hear of group sex where a whole bunch of women gang up on one guy? Anybody ever hear of that? No. 567 pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Oakland Park. Hello. Neil? Yes, sir. I'd like to say one thing. and Ken Jennings is a major, major asshole. Who? Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings? Yeah. Who's that? You know him? Who is he? Ken Jennings? What is he? Is that his name? No. The sheriff? Ken Jenny? Is that his name? Yeah. He is a big asshole. I hope he rots in hell. Yeah. That's and, all I got. Okay, thanks for the bulletin, sir. Okay. There's a great call for you. By the way, Panthers and Lightning at the Macarena tonight, 730. Tom Alberi will not play. And by the way, I'm starting to read all of this stuff that they're saying. You know, you Murray boys, you could be some of the dumbest people in the history of any organization. If he's really that fragile and if we're really that paranoid about whether his knee is going to hold up or not, at least let's not talk about it publicly and let's not announce it to everybody else in the goddamn division and in the conference. God, is it unbelievably stupid. Practically like they're holding up a goddamn billboard saying, well, we're really peeing in our pants and we know that if he goes down, we're all finished and we're all out of a job and please don't anybody touch him or get near him and he ain't playing tonight. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Yeah, it's like telling the quarterback, uh, telling everybody that the quarterback's got weak knees. Right. Very smart. Uh-huh. Hi, Neil. How are you? Great. Good. Uh, I live in Chicago, and I had to comment on what you were talking about with the uh, news broadcast down here. Oh my God! Whenever I want to watch Comedy Central, all I do is turn on Rick Sanchez for a little while. Yeah, it's raining. It's- we got a we got a tropical storm here, and it's pouring cats and dogs, and people are eating inside. They're not sitting at the sidewalk cafes. And this is a news story, and we have a reporter, Lizette Campos at Channel Four, who's over there to pass along this very important information to us. I used to think the Chicago news was bad, but man, you come down here for a little while, and you just realize that nobody down here knows a good news story if it came down to him in the ass. Strictly the yeah. amateur hour. Yeah, I get into the gay thing. Yeah. On, uh, for- okay, great. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Right. Oh God, how sad! How very, 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 very sad. See, I realize this is something they can't discuss. Never have been able to, never will be, and very, very squirmy and uncomfortable with it. And wouldn't it be a lot better if Uncle Neil were straight? You know? No, I don't think so. They just they start squirming when I bring up something like this. But uh, you know, it's not my comments. These are in a very well researched book, and the comments quoted by uh, people who really know their crap. Here's Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Neil. Yes. How you doing? Okay. Um, I don't know if you have noticed that. Uh, you know, the people who don't like you, they are the ones who listen to your show. Uh huh. Um, the, yeah, the that's why the like. ratings are so miraculous, because if the people who don't like it would actually write it down, which they never would, we'd have 50% higher ratings on this show. Yes, that's that's why it's a freaking miracle that I get the numbers that I do. Yep. Because uh, the other day, the truck driver stopped by to make a delivery at my place, and he was telling me what you know what kind of person you are, and you're this, you're that. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, you stay another five minutes to listen to you. Uh-huh. I guess he didn't, didn't have a radio in his car. 
and uh, I, I just uh, that's all I got, man. Okay, man. Right. Sure. Okay, one call left on the board. I'm playing Backstreet Boys for uh, three hours and ten minutes today. No sense in fighting this. And by the way, it's very interesting. Speaking of the uh, Panther Lightning game tonight, I mentioned asked yesterday. Okay, yesterday was a holiday. It was a Jew holiday. Although I still don't count that as much of an excuse. I was here working, and so was most everybody else that meant anything. But the fact is, we had all those people calling up left and right on Friday when I was giving the tickets away to the game, the Bruins Panther exhibition game, including the guy, by the way, that didn't even bother picking up the hundred and sixty dollar tickets in the very first row. And I'm begging yesterday, how about some, we had one guy that had the decency to call and say thanks for the tickets and we had a good time and it was fairly entertaining and had some, some, uh, whatever trivial comment about the game. Anything. Something. They don't even have the decency to do that. They're like foaming at the mouth. They're like, uh, begging and they're like dehumanizing themselves for anything for free. But once they got it, that's the end of that. Here's Sunrise. Hello. Yeah, hi, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, how you doing? I don't know if you've seen news. Something on the news yesterday about uh, the Monroe County Sheriff's Department receiving a check for $25 million for their efforts in a, a drug um, sting or something. And uh, I mean, what are they going to do with this money? Uh, why don't they... I don't know anything about it. Yeah, there was something on the news I saw about it. I mean, I mean, twenty-five. You're, you're $25 million. vague and ambiguous. There was something you saw on the news, and it was $25 million for what? Uh, they were involved in some kind of uh, countrywide uh, drug uh, program. Yeah. And uh, I guess for their efforts, they were awarded $25 million. Yeah. The check they were shown on TV. By whom? Uh, I guess the uh, either the um, the the drug enforcement uh, people, people. Yeah. The drug place. Yeah. The drug enforcement place. Uh, I guess joint. that's who it was. And uh, I just was curious if you heard anything about that. No, or if it... no. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Hallandale, hello. Hey, Neil, do you go to that public store? Let's go to a mobile in Hialeah. Hello. Mobile in Hialeah. Hello. Yes, sir. How you doing? Okay. Uh, heard this morning in the news, Channel 7. They were saying it is storming. There is a tornado watches. And I recommend everybody to go in the bathroom. And hide in the bathroom. Uh-huh, okay. Here's a lady in Miami. Hello. Good morning, Uncle Neil. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I wanted to thank you for the ticket. Oh, here she is. Yes. Now that I embarrassed her out of the closet, here's one of the yeah, the Argentinian Jew bitch. I mean, uh, lady. Uh, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, why, why is it why is it necessary for me to have to browbeat people to call and say thanks and we had a good time or the game stunk or anything? Just a response. You know, once you got the free stuff, that's the end of the uh, input on this show. I was just I'm sitting here dying here this morning again for the eight million time lately. I was trying to work here. Yeah. But uh, what, what does that mean? Weren't you trying to work when I was giving the tickets away? No. Oh, I see. Uh, and uh, yesterday. Must be everybody's working today. And yesterday I didn't go to school. Uh huh. I didn't fast. Then how come you didn't call me yesterday? Because I was out. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I'm sure glad that when you want something for free, that you're uh, you have a lot of time on your hands. Well, I wanted to thank you. Good. How was the game? It sucked. Oh. And the only one that showed any kind of emotion was Ray Whitney. Uh huh. And that's about it. Okay. Thank you. Glad you had a great time. Bye. <laughs> it sucked. Well, it's an exhibition game. It's not going to be any good. Very important, though, that they get a win or two under their belt, the Panthers, according to this article, this idiotic article by Michael Russo again this morning, in which we uh, put up the big bulletin about Pavel Bury. We're real nervous, and we might have to put the big Schwarzer, Peter Worrell, out there to shadow uh, Pavel every time he's on the ice if he ever plays in the exhibition season, because God forbid anybody should touch him. It's very important that everybody take a step up now, says Rob Niedermeyer. <laughs>
We only have four games left, so now's the time for us to get regular season level on timing passes, everybody being in the right position, says Rob Niedemar. <laughs> always been quoted by Michael Russo and David J. Schwo in the newspapers, even though he's been saying these same things. Always time for us to step up. Does he ever step up? No. No. Sorry, Robbie, but that's just the way it is. Stop making quotes in the newspapers. You're making a fool of yourself, sweetheart. It's silly. It's just downright silly. How's Nikki doing, by the way? Here's a mobile in Coral Springs. Hello. Yeah, Neil, how you doing today? Okay, sir. Got a question for you. I live in the uh, Coral Springs area, but um, I'm about 25 now. And yesterday on the holiday, I'm Jewish as well, and I just can't understand. I went to the courthouse in Plantation, the one on Pine Island, probably little ways uh, from where you live there, and they happen to be closed on the Jewish holiday. Now, since when do colored folk with gold teeth at the ticket window when you pay your traffic ticket are Jewish and they deserve the holiday off? I yeah. can't understand that. Well, we had, a lot of glam. we had a lot of glam took the day off here yesterday, too. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was closed down, but they've never closed a school or anything for Jewish holidays in the past when I was growing up in high school and middle school, and I go to pay a citation that these oinkers give me in plantation, and... Uh, they're closed on the holiday. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand if that was something that's going to happen on every Jewish holiday now or just uh, young kids. Yeah, Tisha B'Av, uh, Sukkot, all the holidays. Okay. I'm out of jail. Take care. Okay. So don't do it again, I guess, is my best advice. All you Jews out there, don't get any tickets because every next time you go to uh, pay your ticket, they'll be closed down for some Jew holiday. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Uh, excuse me for reading that stuff, by the way. No, seriously, there will be no response to that. The, the one uh, phony response that we had, the guy who made up uh, that story about the Cubs, that that was it. Very, very weak. Sad, but but fully anticipated on my part, by the way, because it's always been the same. I, I'd be embarrassed, too, to be talking about all the crap that, that these people do. And, of course, you do realize that especially the higher institutions of learning, like MIT, where the kid that died, with the, they had the feature on a few months ago, uh, all of this stuff, uh, that the fraternities are, the, the higher the level, the more uh, faggy that it gets. All the crap that goes on in these fraternities, all the hazing rituals, the initiations, and all these grotesque things that they force them to go through. And like I said before, why? Why is a heterosexual man interested in seeing his friends naked, in making his friend get naked and getting down on all fours and getting drunk and submitting himself to all sorts of sexual hanky-panky and groping and grabbing, et cetera, and so on? Why do you want to see that? unless it's somehow stimulating and erotic to you. I don't get it. But nobody will try to explain it to us because they can't. Here's a mobile in uh, Pompano Beach. Hello. Hi, uh, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, that's the problem. I, I always felt like I wasn't a sir. And so then I went, uh, um, I consider myself a transsexual, and we go out, uh, you know, to uh, go to a restaurant in Wilton Manor where uh, it's mostly a gay clientele, they won't serve us. I was just wondering what you thought about that. What, 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 what does that have to do with what I just got you saying? Well, nothing, really. It was oh, more okay, to... thank you. Go to a place where uh, freaks hang out, okay? I mean, where transsexuals hang out. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. They just can't do it, you know? They can't do it. They don't have it in them, so to speak. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Stop talking about these things, will you please? You're making us very, very uncomfortable when you talk about all of these things. That's right. We feel real squirmy and nervous and psychotic and start going and looking in the mirror and grabbing ourselves and getting real uh, insecure about it. So stop. God damn it. And so what if there are a bunch of guys that want to take showers together in a very enclosed, narrow space and slap each other on the ass with the towels? What about it? 
like the kid at the, the uh, Citadel says. Well, we feel like, uh, you know, whatever he said. We feel it. All right. I will French kiss asparagus and sun-dried tomatoes. I slobbered over lima beans and large-eyed potatoes. When it comes to kitchen produce, I'm rarely ever fickle. But there is one thing I will not do. I will not smooch the pickle. No, he won't. No, he won't. Not even. No. No, he won't. He never will. He'll never I'll tickle peas and squeeze the peas off sunlight watermelon. I'll gladly munch on Captain Crunch and all else that you're selling. I'll suck and nibble cantaloupe and laugh at gangy shriggles. But I'll never, ever, no, I'll never, ever smooch that pickle. No, he won't. Oh, no, he won't. Not even. I've fingered quakes and licked the butts of sweaty heads of lettuce. I've done about everything with fruits and have a veggie fetish. I've swallowed nanas oh so big, so big they sure did tickle. And even though I love these things, I will not smooch the pickle. No, he won't. No, no, he won't. Not even. No, he won't. He never will. He'll never smooch a pickle. No, he won't. Oh, no, he won't. Not even. No, he won't. He never will. He'll never smooch a pickle. 1102 at 560. WQM, I got Hank Over, show at 2. It looks like, I don't know, it looks like we may have some baseball today or not, as the case may be. Is it still raining out there? Do we know? Do we have any? No. Anyway, the Marlins in Montreal Expos, boy, the toilet bowl, a doubleheader supposed to start at 3.30, and the Panther Lightning Exhibition Game, 7 o'clock on Waxy, uh, all depending on the weather, all of that, all of these things. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, good morning. Hey, actually, I like this topic. Let me give you some background information. I played sports in middle school. I went to a residential high school and college where I lived on campus, and um when you, you know, with sports, you know, of course, even in middle school, we were sitting there grabbing each other. And in high school, we had communal showers. And then in college, we had uh, three people to a room. Uh, six of us shared a bathroom. And uh, allegedly, we were supposed uh, well, I had, I allegedly had a girlfriend. And, um, you know, uh, but what, do you mean, people, what, what does that mean? You allegedly had a girlfriend. What does that mean? Well, like I said, I'm, uh, you know, I hang out at whatever now. Uh, but the thing is, is that in high school, you know, if you call this, uh, quote unquote, a straight club, uh, when we were, you know, people would go trotting into the shower, trotting into the bathroom at max with a towel. And this is supposed to be, uh, real macho masculine stuff and people whipping towels and, uh, you know, and, uh, throw, uh, you know, shooting each other with water under the shower. That's supposed to be real macho. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. 
Five six. I would say lighten up, but I think he already has. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello. Yeah. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Well, you know, first of all, I'm not. Audience talk- needs a little bit of help, but I'm doing okay. Yeah. That that last caller looked like it needed a lot of help. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, this fraternity business that you mentioned. And I mentioned anything. I just wanted to ask you: Do you have any best friends, and how long have you had those best friends for? Well, what does that mean? Well, it, it means. What does that have to do with this? It has to do Every, with everybody uh, got best friends. I mean, okay, if they have any has, friends at all, sure. It has to do with a fraternity, and and uh, not necessarily taking showers or or all the other hazing and whatnot that goes on, but it has to do with hanging out with a bunch of guys. I, ha- I have two. With- I have two best friends. One is straight. One is gay. I've never had sex with either one of them. I've never seen either one of them naked, nor have any desire to do either one of the above. Okay, in a fraternity. Don't take showers with them. Don't snap a, towels in, at them. All right, in a fraternity house. We don't uh, socialize by taking showers together. If a guy takes a shower and the other guy's got to go to class, he goes in the shower as well. It's not a question of socializing in the shower. No, I'm not talking about socializing question... in the shower fraternities. We're talking about hazing and initiations okay, in fraternities me, and group I'll, sex. I'll tell you about hazing and initiation. When, you are, when, you, when, when you're in the age of adolescence, 18, 19, and you're trying to find yourself in college, whatever it may, college may be, fraternities lend itself to putting, putting a bunch of guys that are like you. When I say like you, I mean they like the same interests, they play the same sports. They're a group of guys together that automatically, for some reason, I can't explain why, become your good friends for life. Now, when you have a good friend, and like I mentioned to you, when you have a best friend or mm-hmm. someone who's a good friend of yours, you share experiences with them. And part of becoming you mean sexual a best friend, experiences? No, well, it could be. It could be uh, two guys on a girl. It could be two girls on, uh, on two guys. It could be... Uh, you know, uh, in the bathroom, four guys taking showers with four girls. The experience, sexual or not sexual, is irrelevant. No, no, it is point, not. It's not irrelevant course, at all. Of course it is. No, it is not. When, you, when you're in a fraternity, your your goals are to make friends. Because, because you have friend. friends. Sir, because you have a best friend or a bunch of good friends okay. doesn't mean, A, that you take showers with them because you're going to be friends for a long time, and B, certainly doesn't mean that you share sexual experiences with them can I, or can I ask you that you question? have group sex ask, with them. Do you, do you, you know, some of the – I belong to a health club. And in the health club that I belong to, it's, it's a completely heterosexual health club. Yeah. But the shower is a shower with uh, with six stalls on it. Now, do you think that I become part of that health club so that I can work out with guys and then go take showers? I, I have no Absolutely. idea. Well, no, you no, can answer the, that question. Okay. The but that, that has nothing to do. Although I'll I will, I will tell you this. There are plenty of guys who do, but that's beside All the right. point. That's beside the point. Me, personally, I do not. That's I don't a do, bastion of homosexual activity is I in uh, health clubs. I do not go and join a fraternity. No, we, we believe you. Other... Don't, don't sound okay. offensive. We believe you, yeah. The point of a fraternity and communal yeah. showers and group sex and whatnot is not a question of What is the point of, of group sex? The point of a fraternity and hazing and the point of becoming yeah, what close is the point to one of another. What is, no. other, what is the point of making the young kids get naked? I'll, t- what is the I'll point tell of you. That? I'll tell you exactly Please. what it is. Uh-huh. I'll tell you. I'll give you a, a straightforward answer. Please, a straight when answer. You belong, when you belong to a fraternity... And I'll say it again. You belong to a bunch of guys that are going to be your friends for life. And part of the So why, why does that require okay, them getting let, naked for you? Let me finish. Part of the experience of having a best friend, whether it may be a best friend that you play soccer with or may, whether it may be a best friend that you go out drinking with, yeah. is you share, you share intimate moments. Now, not sexual, Intimate moments? Not, 
not, not sexual. When I say intimate, I don't mean sexual. I mean intimate in the sense that you will not share that kind of experience with anybody else who's not your friend. For example, sir, you know something. Up, this sounds up, so faggy to me that even I'm embarrassed for you, sir. You want to know? Sounds running, very faggy running, to me. Running through the beach naked with a bunch of guys, you're never going to share experience with anybody else, not even your wife or your kids or any other friends that you have Why would you want to run? Why would you want to run through the question. beach naked with it's a bunch a, of guys? Why do you want to do that? Hold on. Hazing is not a question of you want to. You don't have a choice. Right. Because one Right. And when, why do you want to force these kids to be naked? Okay. Why do they always have to but take their clothes off, my uh, my closet on a, friend? On an everyday That hangs out at the showers at the gym. Why don't you no. tell me the real story here, pal? On an everyday experience, people do not in a fraternity walk around naked, nor do they naked no, experience. Stop obfuscating. Stop, stop with the smoke screen. Stop with the no. steam in the steam bath, okay? Let's get you know back what? to the meat of the matter. Tell me why you want to see make these guys get naked. What I is that all about? It's a matter of respect. It's a matter respect of... Respect for what? No, it's a matter of lack of respect for them of, by you. No, it's a matter of lack not. of respect. If no. I respect somebody, I'm not going to force I, them to uh, degrade themselves and embarrass and humiliate themselves who in order to be part of my club. If you're going to be part of a particular group of friends and guys, who says that... Sir, I'm, I want to tell you, I want to tell you this. Yeah, I want to tell you this, okay? Without any more discussion, it's very simple. A child could tell you. If somebody demands that I get naked in order to be their friend, I'll pass, okay? There's a good message for all you kids out there. If any other male, okay, your age, older, whatever age, if they demand that you take your clothes off and engage in some kind of naked hanky-panky in order to be a part of their club, in order to be your buddy, in order to be their pal, run like a bandit, run like a son of a bitch. That's the best call I've ever had in my life. You see, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of stick to to finally draw it out. Sir, congratulations on your coming out. God almighty, that was beautiful. Oh, I, I'm I'm just emotional. I'm just swept away by that call. Let's go home. Don't ever lose that. Save that. Put it in a goddamn time capsule. If you're going to be with these guys, they're going to be your best buddies for life. There's nothing like running naked on the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know what, I think Fat Rich and I are going to run naked around the track tomorrow before we uh, see the races. You know, he's a good friend of mine for years. Can you can you see that? Can you envision that? Oh, stop. Oh. Speaking of that, Pompano Park is doing it, baby. That's right. We got live racing Wednesday, Friday and Saturday at 7:30 including tomorrow night. In fact, maybe you want to come out and watch the Neil Rogers Fat Rich Naked Race tomorrow night. For glory holes. Hello. This is Bob Dole. You know, a few years ago I had prostate surgery. Initially, I was worried simply about recovering. Then I began to worry about the post-operative side effects like erectile dysfunction, ED, sometimes known as impotence, also referred to as whiskey wiener, leg of limp, soft serve, down periscope, wobbly willy, flaccid flagpole, head and south, spaghetti syndrome, limp biscuit, you know, ding dong, the witch is dead. But there is help. You need to see a doctor with a little courage and proper treatment. He can help you achieve an erection, sometimes known as a boner. Often referred to as a stiffy, hard time, pocket rocket, granite gumdrop, concrete crawler, roll of quarters, a chubby, pitching a tent or being harder than Chinese algebra. And when you do get help, there's no reason to be ashamed because there's now hope for men and their partners. Hope that they'll soon be able to have intercourse, sometimes known as sex. Often referred to as the Humpty Dance, bumping uglies, hiding the salami, splitting the uprights, the tube steak buggy, getting some on you, mashing mad, you know... 
taking a trip to the mound. So remember, it's a little embarrassing to talk about, but with a little courage and a few creative euphemisms, you too can leave behind the soft rock, get yourself some hard salami, and ride the baloney pony into a bright new future. I'm Bob Dole. Thank you. 1116 at 560 WQM. Let me read again that one paragraph for this last uh, closet case that just called. Talking about gang rape, group sex, whatever you want to call it, fraternities, teams. It says, this sex shouldn't be mistaken for heterosexual sex. Instead, the group masturbation for sports teams that's accommodated through the presence of a female body that is really a homosexual act. The reason for this is that the emotional relationship exists between the men, not between the men and the woman, and her body services their need to perform for each other. Her presence allows them to come as close as they can to an intimate relationship with each other, while at the same time presenting visible proof of their masculinity. Just before, of course, they go out and run naked on the beach without the woman. That was just, I'm going to, I'm still, I'm so swept away by that call. It was just phenomenal. Sir, if we had $1,000 in cash as a prize to send you, I would put it in the mail right now. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Pompano. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. (laughs) Speak to me, sir. Okay, that's the end of that. He lost it. Here's Pompano. Hello. I don't know what the heck that was. I don't either. Listen, I got two quick things to say. Maybe um, you had to, maybe you had to uh, go run on the beach. <laughs> well, look, getting back to fraternities for a second, I went to a small school in Connecticut. There were three fraternities. My freshman year, I didn't know anybody. I figured I'm going to join a fraternity, and I realized that they were all run by and populated by idiots, guys that had a need to be with other guys to joke around and think that they were cooler than other people. Mm-hmm. And that immediately turned me off. And by the time my sophomore year rolled around, I was already connected with, like, the school uh, radio station and things like that. Well, all of a sudden, I was of value to these people. Then they all wanted me to join a fraternity, and I said, no, thanks. I've got my own friends. Mm-hmm. You know, fraternities maybe at a big school like a Purdue or something like that, maybe they've got a purpose, the honorary society. No, no, I, I, don't th- I don't think so because this guy says, you know, you find people with the same interests. Well, that's how you find friends in life. And yeah. when you go, the larger the university, like I went to Michigan State, got like 45,000, 50,000 students. If you're going to make friends, you're going to find people in the dorm, wherever you hang out. You're going to find people that have the same interests, just like you do in life. You don't have to join some kind of a club to do that. You're right. No, you're absolutely right about that. You don't have to take showers with them or run naked on the beach to uh, make friends that have similar interests, uh, unless, you know, those are the interests. I, I will say some of the frat parties I did go to did break a few laws. They were fun, but, you know, it... it I don't know. Maybe it's different a woman's viewpoint on a sorority as it is for guys with a fraternity. I don't need them. You know, and anybody that needs to be in a fraternity, well, they need more than that. I never heard any stories, though, about, you know, speaking of uh, group sex by women. I never heard any sorority stories about women ganging up on one guy and having group sex and gang banging some guy. Well, you didn't go to school in Connecticut in the 70s. Oh, okay. All right. Now, here's the other thing. I am going to be doing some traveling. Have you ever been to Australia? No. No, I know you said Too you've been far. to Hawaii. I know you've been to Hawaii a few times. I know you said that Australia's gone. Well, in October, I'm going to do Australia for about a month. I'm looking forward to it. I just didn't know. I know you've been around the block a few yeah. times. I just didn't know that. But uh, well, Give us a spy report. Oh, I definitely will. I just want to call one person a douchebag. Artie and Buster, you're both douchebags. Okay, Thank have a great you. time, pal. Bye-bye. So- Okay, don't come back and tell us it's too good, though, because then that one guy, the emotional cripple, that called the first call out of the box today and sent me the hey letter yesterday, oh, screw you, Neil, screw you. And he'll be all upset again if you tell him that's good someplace else. 5670560, oh, pound 560. Uh, all we're saying is stop lying to yourselves, that's all. If you want to screw around, be our guest. Just, and, and, of course, as far as the uh, the incoming, the the uh, rookies, the uh, whatever the hell, the bitches, whatever you want to call them, that's not all right, abusing other people. 
That's not okay. That's not acceptable, screwing up their minds, which is what this whole book is about that I was talking about, which I don't know if it's in the bookstores here, Crossing the Line by Laura Robinson, probably only in the Canadian bookstores because it's mainly a hockey thing, but it's a great book, paperback. Here's the mobile pig report in Tamarack. Hello. Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay, sir. I just saw three of Ken Jenny's favorite sons on University Drive, just north of Commercial Boulevard. Okay. And they were in a circle. I don't know what they were doing, but they were planning something. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd like to know. Thanks for the good news. Probably you're planning for the donuts at noon. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Uh, good morning, Neil. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making your call, sir. <laughs> Listen, uh, as a stick that went to a school in Alabama uh, that played baseball, all these jocks wanted me to get in a fraternity mm-hmm. and pay for friends. They got to be crazy. I'm a well-rounded enough person that I don't need to pay somebody that's to make ver- friends. That's a very good way to, to uh, describe it, paying for friends. It's crazy. Why would I want to pay somebody? Uh, you know, I don't need that. Also, I have a question. Have you ever been to the Netherlands Antilles? The Netherlands Antilles? No. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm Why would I want to go there? Well, I don't know. I just, I'm going to Curacao, and I'd like to know if it's, it's worth going there. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe, somebody will, maybe somebody will call who's been there, but, but based on the people from the Netherlands Antilles that I see in the Netherlands proper in Amsterdam, I would say no. But, again, maybe somebody will call. Okay, well, anyway, that guy that talked about uh, the uh, the uh, fraternities and whatsoever, um, I don't even want to see my brother naked in the bathroom, much less somebody else. So thanks for uh, everything you do for us. Okay, pal. Appreciate it. See ya. Yeah, all you kids out there, if we got any kids skipping school today because it rained or for whatever reason, anybody that says, hey, let's go run naked on the beach, just to run in the other direction as fast as can be and call for the cops. Oh, man. Oh, running. I mean, I have, you know, all those uh, history books we read about the ancient Greeks, you know, the Spartans, not necessarily from Michigan State, not those Spartans, but they might have been, and the Romans, you know. That's what this guy's talking about, talking about a gay club, talking about, and and fine, I'm certainly the last one to condemn that, but don't lie about it. Don't pretend that it doesn't exist. Oh, what a wonderful thing to run naked on the beach with your close buddies who'll be your friends all your life. It sounds like that thing from the cadet at the at the Citadel, the same thing that I read about uh, taking a shower together and feeling safe and bonding and all of that crap. How does taking a shower with somebody naked make you feel safe? Unless they're the ones holding the soap, I guess. <laughs> or unless it's got a long rope. Or is it a short rope? Here's Miramar. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I just made a a uh, you I, last week. What, blah, 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 blah. You, last week you were talking about um, how much of a garbage movie Raging Bull was. Yes. And the other night I sat down and I couldn't even get past the first forty-five seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. You mean that opening? Uh, yes. <laughs> I've tried because to, of what you told me. I, tried, I hadn't seen it before. I tried a dozen times to get by that first because I actually have the tape at home because everybody raved about how great it was. So when I got the video, I've had it for years. I never watched it, and I only watched it because I couldn't sleep that one night in Amsterdam. It was on uh, the BBC or something, and it was a uh, tragedy. I wasted Listen, two and a half hours. If you've seen Casino, yeah, then you've seen Goodfellas. If you've seen Goodfellas, then you've seen A Bronx Tale. Right. All, I mean, every last well, one of those same. movies, it's the same Joe Pesci does the same right. trigger-happy cowboy. Right. 
And, uh, I'm and that, that's why, I, but you're right. I totally lost all respect for him because he was playing the same damn role. I mean, he was very funny in Goodfellas if you never saw all the other ones you mentioned. Right. But when right. you see a guy who's a one-trick pony, I mean, it gets uh, old real fast. But listen, if, if did you see uh, Jackie Brown? No. Well, that's one. That's the first time I've ever seen De Niro not doing De Niro. Yeah. He played a pothead in that movie. Uh huh. And I'm out of material. Okay, thanks. So there's another guy who hated Raging Bull. Yeah, Let's hear about Kurosawa, okay? Let's hear about the Netherlands Antilles, shall we? No. No, I don't think that guy ought to go. I think you're going to hate it. Almost as much as Jack Lemmon hated Yugoslavia and Mass Appeal. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. We want to thank that caller a couple of calls back. He knows which one it is. The guy that's running naked on the beach with his buddies from his fraternity. Arm in arm, hand in hand. Solidarity, brother. Land in hand, yeah. Here's a mobile in uh, Port Everglades. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. On behalf of my son and I, thank you for the tickets. We enjoyed the game and had a good time. It was okay? Uh, well, the fight on the first minute was good. Uh-huh. Other than that, it was kind of dull because yeah. we lost. Kind of dull. Okay, well, listen, I'm glad you had a good time anyway, pal. You too. And thank Bye. you so much. Thanks for making your call. Thanks for caring enough to send your very best and say thank you, not just being a freeloader, something like some of these other pricks, including the guy that never picked up his tickets from the front row. That That's that's outrageous. Can you imagine how many people are really fired up and pissed off about that? Even people that would have just scalped the tickets. I mean, how stupid can you be? How dumb can you be? There's $320 worth of tickets. Okay, so it's just an exhibition game. So even if you sold them for like 20 bucks a piece, covers the cost of gas. <laughs> Idiot. But far be it for us to complain about freeloaders who don't pick up their crap. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM. He's probably running around naked on the beach now with the guy that just called us. Maybe that's what they're doing. Couldn't go to the game. No, seriously, there's nothing. You have no idea what it's like. And you're right. lie. Neither do I. I can't even begin to imagine running around naked, stark naked on the beach with all my buddies. Can't you just see me, Fat Rich, and Al Goldstein running up and down Rimmer. up there, pumping in Rimmer? Yeah, Rimmer, get him in there, too. All running around. All the old Jews running around naked on the beach up there right by where Al's got the finger on the intercoastal. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm gagging just thinking about it. Sir, that was the faggiest call I have ever had in my life. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM. Oh. How does $65,000 a year salary sound to you? Well, like the guy said yesterday, I'm too great to me, but it probably sounds good to a lot of you. Very <laughs> handsome young man. You can't century, see that. Man has wondered if the dead truly walk among us. And if so, do they too have bodily functions? This Friday, one young boy is about to find out. I can smell the farts of dead people. He has a sick sense. You know when you're in an elevator and someone rips one, but no one admits to it? That's them. The sick sense. Make it stop. It freaking reeks. Rated P.U. It's 1131 at 560 WQM. So anyway, this uh, the guy called back again thinking I was going to put him on the air again. No. No. One call a day. Okay, once a king, one, or once a queen, always a whatever it is. But once a day is enough. I'm going to put him back on the air so he can dig the hole a little bit deeper. Let's give him a bigger shovel and see if he can find China. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T line. About 20 or 30 uh, people departed during the break, as usually is the case. Win a new $30,000 Dodge Ram pickup truck by registering at any South Florida Shell gas station or Dodge dealer, or see it today. 
at the Shell Gas Station on Killian Drive and 109th Avenue or Spitzer Dodge in Homestead between 1 and 3 this afternoon. To register and get a chance to win a pair of Infinity Bookshelf speakers or a Harmon Hard-On Pack, which includes a receiver and Infinity speakers, plus Miami Dolphins and Florida Marlin tickets I'll be giving away, too. I don't think you wrote that one out too well, Sam. It don't make too much sense to me, but I read it anyway. And he says, don't ever go to Curacao. Sam, the man, just said, do not go there. It's a toilet. It's the end of the world. It's a garbage. Five six seven oh five. And by the way, we're learning a lot about fraternities, all you young people out there that are thinking of going off to college maybe very soon. Definitely join a fraternity because so far, the two things. Remember the call we had a few months ago? The guy who said he learned how to build a float. Remember that guy? Trying to justify being in a fraternity. No, we learned how to build a float, which came in very handy in life. <laughs> very practical stuff. If you're going to be one of those professional parade designers, I guess, learn how to build a float. And now we got a guy who tells us that you can run naked on the beach with all your buddies. What the hell more could you want? Oh! Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello. Hey, Neil, you know what I hate about running naked? My penis always is like. Hey, okay, great. Here's a mobile in Delray Beach. Hello. Hey, Neil, God. Yes, sir. What's up, Neil? How you doing, Home Slice? Yeah. I am uh, getting out of the state. I'm driving north on the turnpike right now. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not in Delray anymore. I'm in West Palm. Uh, here's a mobile in West Palm. Uh, thank you. Hey, I'm. Uh, I uh, wanted to respond about that uh, fraternity stuff. Yes, sir. That, that guy was the biggest fairy, the biggest flame I've ever heard. Right. Um, Even in Calgary, I was, I was in a fraternity like that. And I was in a fraternity. Thanks to Ben James. I was in a fraternity. We didn't have to do anything like that. If anybody had asked me to get naked or do anything, run down a beach naked, I would have been out of there. Well, what kind of hazing did you go through with your initiation? There must have been something. No, we didn't have the toughest thing I had to do was to play uh, tackle football in a football game. Really? Yeah, that was about it. Huh. I mean, we just had to party. How unusual. We just had to have fun. Right. Keep a smile on our face. Didn't have to build a float? No. Hmm. Oh. Sounds to me like you missed out on all the good times. Yeah, I okay, guess have, so. have a good trip, pal. Thanks. See ya. Five six seven oh five sixty. Come on, let's hear from all you people that have been fraternities. Come on, you can make as much of an ass of yourself as that guy did about twenty minutes ago. Give it a shot. Anybody out there got male? Any guy in this audience got male best friends that you've never seen naked? I, I guess uh, George and I must be the only ones. Never saw our best friends naked. Never ran naked on the beach with our best friends. I mean, God Almighty, what what a feeling that must be. That must be really exhilarating. You know, with the wind and the rain. What was that Pat Boone song? The wind and the rain in your rectum, something like that. Yeah, the finesse of the breeze just kind of blowing between your knees, or something blowing between your knees. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes, Here. sir. Hi. Long time, first time. All right. Great show. That guy was like the best example of rationalization I ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was unbelievable. Neil. Yes, sir. You know, it was great yesterday when you were talking to the mad dog. Uh, that was like the best part of the program. <laughs> the first five minutes uh-huh. when you were with him. I, I was really impressed with uh, what a great studio they got in there for the sports nerds. That's the thing. That's the only reason I actually sat down at that t- uh, table. Made me realize what a nickel and dime piece of crap we got in here. We got really shafted. <laughs> no, we did. We got the shaft. I wasn't even aware that you had different places in that range. Oh, yeah. Well, they're the important guys. See, they're the sports nerds, okay? So they got the big, big studio in there with a nice, real nice uh, counter and table and all the real uh, microphones all the way around, like a professional talk studio. Yeah, like a professional one. Right. Like the real thing. 
We got crap. <laughs> yeah, you know, it would be nice if uh, for the worst team if you could show their two and and maybe they they can have some uh, ratings. Okay, have a great day, pal. Whatever you said. I think he said don't go to Curacao. Is that what he said? I believe so. Uh-huh. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. 4,000 reasons to join a fraternity, how to build a float, how to run naked with your buddies on the beach, how to uh, gangbang some bitch, how to, uh, you know, don't forget the spankings. How to, yeah, have all those spankings of the young uh, bitches you bring in, all those young uh, guys, the recruits, and, of course, how to uh, be as uh, latent as possible. Here's Coral Springs. Hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to tell you, I picked up those tickets. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not picking up the tickets on the on the uh, glass for two hundred twelve dollars. Yeah, I got them. Well, which are the ones uh, that we didn't get? That didn't. Get I don't know because the, the, the reason I, this guy. The reason um, I didn't call to thank you. Remember, I'm the guy with the gun and all that kind of crap. The guy with the gun. Yeah, where the, they contacted my fifteen year old son. Last week when I called you, I told you the NRA contact. Oh yeah, right, right. At two thirty in the morning, right. Mm-hmm. Right, and you gave me the you gave me the tickets on the glass. Yeah, well, maybe maybe there was another pair, but some jackass didn't pick one. No, pair. no, they were the kids loved it. I mean, Great. you know, but uh, the reason I didn't call to uh, thank you was because they wanted to write. They're writing you a letter to thank you. Outstanding. So, uh, but they 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 had they had the thrill of life. Great. In fact, the younger one was a little a, a little. Uh, Afraid because when they come up and they would hit or check on the glass, you know, mm-hmm. and they must have known that uh, uh, my oldest son said they must have known that that's, that they could tell they were novice against the glass, you know, because a couple of guys were banging the sticks in front of them like at their face, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, they loved it. Had a great time. Excellent. Like we went to La Bamba's and uh, ate while they they were in there, and then we picked them up afterwards. They had a great time. Great. Glad to hear it, pal. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. See you. Okay, five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. Come on, let's hear from some of the women out there who've been in sororities. Let's hear about all the gang bangs where the women gang up on the guys. Does that happen? No. Come on, let's hear it. I wonder if the women have to get naked too. Do you think the women have to do strange initiation things in sororities? How come we never read about that? Twenty two before noon at five sixty WQM. You know. On the next Felicity, after her boyfriend's drug deal goes bad, Felicity is arrested and convicted as a drug mule and sentenced to three years. She worries that she will not be able to transfer her prison credits back to her high school upon her release. Watch Felicity in the big house tonight. 17 till noon at 560 WQM, 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. So we got running naked on the beach, taking hot, steamy showers together, learning to build a float, uh, getting naked a lot, and uh, gangbangs. There you go. How do you like that? Oh! And, of course, getting drunk a lot. In fact, maybe getting a little bit too drunk like the kid at MIT that is in a box now. Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello. Yeah, how you doing? You okay, know, sir. Kind of, uh, kind of a upset at you about uh, putting us fraternity members down, you know. When I was in college for five years, the Uh best years of my life, I remember a great time in my fraternity. Now, we didn't run around no naked on the beach. Uh We didn't uh, slap each other with our private parts. We didn't have gangbangs. We had a good time. Yeah. My roommate and I, he decided not to go in the fraternity. I went in the fraternity. He, most of the time, went out to local parties, didn't have a good time. Me, I was, every other day we had a party at the fraternity. We had lots of girls. I was able to get a girlfriend, and we, you know, everybody had so fun. So, in other words, so, if you, where, where did you go to school? 
I went to University of Miami. University of Miami, and the only way you could get a girlfriend was to be in a fraternity? No, that's absolutely not. I could have oh. gone out to South Beach. I could have gone out to clubs. Right. But the, the point of the matter I'm trying to make is that a fraternity is not a bunch of gay guys running around slapping each other with their private parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a shower where four, three guys took showers at the same time, but that's just part of the fraternity house. Yeah. Another part of the fraternity house. Well, what about uh, the initiation? What about okay, the initiation I'll, in the hazing? I'll talk, I'll talk to you about that. I was in a fraternity five years. And hazing was one day. One day of initiation and hazing out of five years. And what did I you think, do? I think anybody who wants to just become part of an organization, yeah, you got to go through a few things. Like what? That's not important. No, 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 no. Wait a you minute. You're, you're, you're doing just great here. You're rolling along, singing a song, and you're saying okay. it's only one right. day out of five know. years. Right. Why do okay, you want to not tell you. me what it was? No, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll be very frank. On the initiation night, Every fraternity, now my fraternity was, you know, unlike others, have different initiation procedures. These yes. procedures... I'm, uh, asking, I'm not asking about every, I'm asking about your fraternity. What did you have to do? All right, my do? fraternity. Let me, let me stop. I'll tell you the exact... It, it's, I have it memorized in my head from A to Z. Okay. We show up in the evening, we have a nice steak dinner that the house cooks for us. Mm -hmm. After dinner, we all get together. The brothers that are pledging get together, and we have some drinks. It's a Friday night, so we don't have any school yeah. or classes tomorrow. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. we get drunk. I'm right. not going to lie to you and tell you that we didn't get drunk. Right. We drank lots of alcohol. I, I would say that we didn't drink alcohol to the point that we would kill ourselves, but we had we got drunk. Yeah, yeah. but that's not the point. After, after drinking that yes. night, during the evening, we drove around with our big brothers. We had four or five guys in the car driving around with someone who was sober. Our big brother was sober. Mm -hmm. We went to different parts in South Florida. And every every place that we went to, we had a different activity. We didn't get naked and run around, but we had a different activity, whether it was taking this sign or whether it was, you know, running through this building or whether it was doing this. Nothing, nothing. Nobody was getting naked. Then we get back to the house at around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. and the house is dark with candles, and we got to go to each and every room, and we have to memorize some chants and some verb and some song. And, you know, it's, a, it's an initiation that is a fun and exciting and exhilarating experience. Mm -hmm. Nobody was running around on the beach naked. I've, I've never, I've never heard anybody say that hazing uh, was fun or exhilarating okay, or exciting. Exactly. It's the first no, time I ever heard what? that. It was it was exhilarating. I'm learning a lot today. A, besides running around naked on the beach no, and how exciting and exhilarating. I don't know, I don't know what that other faggot was telling you, but yeah. we, nobody runs around naked on the beach in a fraternity. We have a good time. Now, sure, if you're living in South Florida, you go to University of Miami. Yeah, you can go to South Beach, pick up girls, and you can go to Fort Lauderdale, pick up girls. Of course, you know you can do it any place. You don't have to be in a fraternity. Mm -hmm. But the point about a fraternity, and I want to tell anybody else who's listening, is that it's a it's a social club that you can belong to without any like strings the, attached. Like the Masons, yeah. No, no, without any strings attached. You can mm -hmm. go to the fraternity house any well, time does, of but day. Doesn't, doesn't you have to pay? Aren't there dues you have to pay? Well, any club you belong right. to, there are dues. I mean, so in other words, you're not, the guy said, you're paying, the, paying for friends. Not necessarily true. It's, you're not paying for friends. You're paying to be part of this party. How do, you, how do they put together all their parties? How do they pay the house mother to cook us? you know, steak dinners and lunches every day? How do they pay for the mortgage on the fraternity house? Mm -hmm. How do they get the, you know, the sodas and the beers for the parties? Mm -hmm. These come out of dues. They, they don't just come out of thin air. University is not going to pay for these kind of things. So if you're going to belong to a club, whether it's, a, you know, a fraternity or whether it's a Boy Scouts or whether it's a, the, 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 the club that you work out in, you got to pay your dues because they have expenses. You're not paying for friends. Everybody's paying the same amount as you are, and nobody's paying more, nobody's paying less. Mm -hmm. And these guys, you know, they're, they're my friends. They grew. I, I know. 
I met him from New York and from Long Island. And, you know, even to this day, seven years, eight years after I graduated, I still am friends with two or three of these guys. Not because we ran... Well, let me ask you this. Don't, don't you think that there are people who go to college who don't belong to fraternities, who seven and eight and 20 and 30 years later are still friends with the people, some of the people they went to college with? I, w I wouldn't say... I, w I would beg to differ that they have as many friends out of school that I have from my fraternity. And the reason being is because for five years... I hung out with these same friends day yeah. in, day out. We partied together. We hooked up well, together. How, how, many, how many would you we say? How, give me a ballpark number. How many? I would say somebody going to a fraternity and graduating from a fraternity would probably have maybe between five to ten good friends that he can count on for the rest of his life. Yeah. Whereas someone who just went to school, by the time he met somebody who would be a good friend, it was probably his sophomore or junior year, he would only spend maybe two or two good years with that person. And I would say less than five, maybe two. So for me to go hang out right now in Long Island with a couple of my fraternity brothers, now they have families, and now their families, they have kids, and we all have kids, and we hang out together. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not running around naked. A fraternity is not a bad thing. You're not, you're not hanging not out every, on Fire you know Island, right. You want to know something? Not everybody belongs to a fraternity. My roommate, for example, he wasn't a fraternity kind of guy. Yeah. He, didn't, he, didn't like, he didn't like to go around and, you know, party with other people. Now, does, he wanted, does he have any friends now? Uh. He's got one friend from college, one, and he's married. So yeah, he would only be in a fraternity that had five or ten. You know what? He may not have had five or ten because he wasn't a socialite. Oh, I see. He, he so didn't like... If he was like a, kind of like a wallflower, he wouldn't have had any friends regardless. You know, every person is different. That, right. That's why That's why you know, a college like University of Miami has 8,000 undergraduates and only has like maybe, you know, 800 fraternity members altogether mm -hmm. or 1,000 fraternity members. Not everybody. No, it's a make-believe make school anyway. We all know that. Yeah. Make-believe school. I, I got a pretty good degree, so it's not necessarily. No, no, I'm, make not, I'm not talking about your degree. I'm just saying it's a make-believe school. You know, as far as far as the campus, as far as the uh, the way well, yeah, it's, it's set up. Yeah, it's not a college campus. No. You know, it's no. not like a Michigan or like a, a Yale or no, anything like or that. No, or Michigan State, right? Right. Uh, okay. But what I'm trying, you know, the point I'm trying to make is well, that. Thank God you don't go naked on the beach. I feel yeah, better now. I just want, I just want to emphasize that sometimes. That's why they have a rush system that people go for two or three days at the beginning of the semester to see if the fraternity life is for them. Right. And the, and the guys who are freshmen or sophomores who want to go into fraternity, you know, give it a chance. Yeah, you're going to drink a lot. Yeah, you're going to get right. laid a lot. Yeah, you're going to party a lot. Uh, up to their you know caliber. Right? You want to know something? I heard of some other fraternity members that did some of the things that you did. And, you know, that could be. But not every fraternity does like that. Not every fraternity runs around smacking each other with their penises over their head. Right. My fraternity, for five years, I was the vice president of the fraternity. I think only in Notre Dame, I think they do that. Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. listen, have a great day, pal. Thanks, And say hi to all your friends, if you have time. Five six seven oh five sixty pound 560 on the AT&T wireless. Oh, I forgot to ask him if you learned how to build a float. Here is Margate. Hello. Hello? Yes, sir. This is Ted. Hi, Ted. All right, I just want to tell you about a strange initiation that uh, involved our uh, possible future president, George W. Bush, at Yale. Yes. He got into some branding up there. Branding? I swear, I read about maybe that, it. Maybe that's why he wound up in uh, Texas. <laughs> they just, you know, he just said it was a separate thing. So, uh, he so said I it was a what? To look forward to. It was a thing? Yeah, a thing. <laughs> they branded his thing? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think the branding was uh, on the hindquarters. Uh-huh. But uh how do you like that? We got we got a potential president who's got a uh, who's got a uh, thing on his rectum. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lovely thing and I uh, I love you, Neil. Okay, thanks hey, a lot, Ted. And have a great life. Wow. I guess we'll have to 
of course, I think he's already shown his rectum. For example, after that uh, last shooting in Fort Worth, do you like the way he came on and started talking in glittering generalities? God forbid we talk about guns. So he talks about evil, about all this evil that's going on. <laughs> that was great. At least one thing about uh, George W., he, he's consistent. He don't give you any specifics on anything. It's all these glittering generalities. Nice going, George W. Oh, take a powder, will you? Here's Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I remember we used to make like a conga line every night. We used to call it the little train. We all get naked. We grab the guy in front and we go around and uh, if there was some contact in the, in between that, there was no, no problem, you know? Uh-huh. We used to connect and uh, stay connected and drink beer and uh, <laughs> what it was all about. <laughs> well, I guess now I know what it means by being well connected, huh? It's a little train, remember, we used to do that. Okay, thanks for the good news. There you go. Congo, Congo, Bongo. That's right, all you kids out there, if you want to be well-connected in life, be sure and join that fraternity. You'll get hooked up, hooked together. And then you can go out and run naked on the beach. But isn't that what the elephants do? They, like, tie their uh, trunks to their tails? You've seen that. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. This, we're starting to get a good education here today. Start out a little bit slow, but that one jackass, I mean, that one great caller about a half an hour ago, the one who will never be seen in public again, by the way, if he's smart, he was great. Sir, I, I commend you. I congratulate you for your uh, coming out. It was tremendous. Here's Hollywood. Hello. Yeah, they've been eating marshmallows from strange places, too. Uh-huh. You know that's right. Yeah. As long as it ain't the Klan, it's a good fraternity. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And yeah. Oh, yeah, but, you know, something. sometimes it won't get on, though. Especially when it sounds like you got 20 pounds of elephant droppings in your puss. And maybe you do. Here's Hialeah. Hello. Neil, God. Yes, sir. <laughs> Neil, same thing. Uh, I, uh, my opinion is with the uh, the hazing for the uh, uh, in the military, which is uh, the Marines. I think they're the only goofballs that would allow themselves to get, get punched in the chest with these um, with those pins uh-huh. by everybody in their in their uh, platoon or their company there, and I I think that's ridiculous. See that this. I guess this is the barometer of whether you're fit to join our club. Is how are you willing to take as much abuse and punishment as we want to dish out on you? Right. You know, if you can somehow survive all the punishment that we can dig out in our sadistic way, then maybe we'll let you join a club. Right. That's why you know none of the other services have that that problem. You know, in in my preference, I joined the army. Yeah. Screw the Marines. No. You know, I thought I was. The Army, at least those guys aren't out there on a ship, you know, it's at sea a long time, like the Marines and the Navy. <laughs> yeah. sharing, sharing one head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a good day. I hear there's a lot of head on those ships, but anyway, <laughs> that's just a rumor. Oh, no, there you go again, spreading those rumors again about the military, about the U.S. military. We know all us uh, veterans, all us VFW and all us guys, we know that's just a bunch of propaganda. None of that stuff goes on. Don't go on. Does not go on. Five six seven oh five five sixty five five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. You see, the the tragic part of all of this is, as long as nobody now, of course, in the case of the initiations and all that, people are being coerced and they are being forced. So that's a very bad example. But as far as any of the other consenting activity is concerned, what difference does it make if people are having a good time? If this is their idea of living their second childhood or first one or whatever, nobody cares. Just don't lie about it to yourself or anybody else. And just don't always keep running around pointing the finger like the goddamn Catholic Church at everybody else for their faggery when you're participating in it, too. And maybe you had a pretty goddamn good time. Sounds like it. 
especially assholes that run naked on the beach together. This is 560 QAM. Welcome to the drive through window, May. I take your order, please. Yeah, I'll take a double cheeseburger, no onions. Would you like some French fries with that burger? Yeah, and uh, large Coke? Regular or diet, regular or diet, regular or diet, please. Uh, regular. How much is that going to be? You, you ought to know. Drive up to the window, please. I didn't say WQA Miami Fort Lauderdale, did I? At 12 noon. Did I say that? I don't think I did. No. Oh, I did now. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Hank Goldberg at two. Marlins baseball, doubleheader with the Expos, weather permitting. How do you like that? Oh, the uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Florida Panther game, exhibition game. Seven o'clock tonight on Waxy, unless the uh, baseball's rained out. Have you got that so far? No. Here's, uh, Cooper City. Hello. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Neil. Uh, the Netherlands Antilles. I was down there in, uh, April. Bone Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one reason to go down there. Yeah. Scuba diving. It's tremendous. Scuba diving? Scuba diving. Yeah. Other than that, forget it. Mm-hmm. They do have an airplane that comes from, a 747 comes from uh, Amsterdam every Sunday. That's a big deal. Yeah. So. Um, I wish they would stop taking a lot of those people back with them. <laughs> oh, I'm think. telling you. A lot of those Rasta guys, they're killing them over there. Well, compared to the Bahamas, it's uh, night and day. But the people there are actually very nice. Yeah. But if you don't scuba dive, I don't think it. I don't think that guy that called before. I don't think he's going to be scuba diving. <laughs> Maybe at some other kind of diving. Right. Okay, Neil. Okay, thanks for the uh, good news. Thank you. See ya. Five six seven. Okay, just say no to uh, the Netherlands Antilles. Okay, Bonaire and uh, Curacao and all of those other glacier places. Just say no, pal. Don't do it. We try to save you. Okay, you'll be sorry. Oh, they do have the good drugs down there though. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. By the way, uh, thank God we don't have any problems with uh, drugs and these rave parties. You see that right on the front page in the Grove? Yeah. Thank God we don't have any crazy. And you know something? I don't care anymore. If we got all these people who want to kill themselves on all these exotic drugs, go ahead. Kill yourselves. I don't care. Real, real sick and tired of that crap. Now, if somebody's forced to do it, like in these initiation things, which according to these people don't happen. Then it's a different story, like the kid at MIT, who uh, choked to death on his own puke, by the way, while they uh, and they took they took him downstairs and put him down near to like uh, you know rest, and then went back upstairs to continue their party. He says, "Call us when the party started." Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Here's Miami Beach. Hello. Oh, Uncle Neil, how you doing? Okay, sir. Um. Oh, first of all, I, I, I rented. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Raging Bull. I rented it because oh. I had heard good. Why did back. you do that? Hor- no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't even get through. Really, honest to God, I didn't get through the first fifteen minutes. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I don't know, very boring and very. I don't know. I just, the, the dialogue. Movie, a movie was like, with no reason to have ever been made. Other, other than I guess it made some money for um, you know. But what I can't believe is how Pesci. many people have. Talked about it. Wasn't it nominated for like? Oh yeah, the pseudo intellectuals because it was black and white considered this one of the oh, maybe the I greatest see. motion picture of all time. Oh okay, which and shows you how much they know. Oh okay, I see. I that, was in, I was in the a fraternity, Neil, up in Gainesville. Yeah. And um, it basically was a damn gay club. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the couple of good things that I did, I did get a couple of good friends who I will be friends with forever. Well, only a couple? Because the guy from uh, New York said five or ten. Easy. And, yeah, Please. right, whatever. Like, because, well, a couple of us joined together. We were friends in high school, and we're still friends, you know. Yeah. We were we were buddies. We grew up together all. So all he would have been your friend whether you had been in a fraternity yeah, or not. But now there's a couple that I'm very thankful for that that I met there. Yeah. That, that I met at the fraternity I would have never met otherwise. But just very few. And um, as far as, like, hazing went, the guys next door to us, uh, Pi Lambda Phi, they used to do this thing a long time ago called the Elephant Walk, where they would get on their basketball court and get yeah. in a circle, mm-hmm. and they would stick their thing in between their legs from behind, like how an elephant sticks its trunk, mm-hmm. and they would, like, Which I was just talking and, about, yeah. and walk around Tongue in circles. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how's everything else, Uncle Neil? Everything, everything okay? else is great. All right, it's good to hear your voice. Thanks for the good news, You pal. take care. Stay out of the conga line. I will. Okay. Bye now. There you go. See, all of this stuff that involves nudity and involves the male penis and involves mushrooms in your, I mean, uh, marshmallows and mushrooms in your rectum, whatever it is. And you can deny it all you want. And, you know, we'll hear from the two or three guys out there who were in the you know, only fraternities in the world. Who's hey, And how come when I asked a guy, about the hazing incident before the one from New York, how come he hemmed and hawed before he finally uh, cleaned up the story for us? And, and went past that part real fast about where they're running around naked. Yeah, right. Oh, no, they weren't naked. They weren't naked. I mean, they drank a little bit, which, hey, who cares? I mean, that's what you go to college for is <laughs> drink a little bit, but you have to use your own judgment. Not drink as much as somebody else tells you so you can measure up to their standards. Uh, you know, that, That's what it's all about. Do you measure up to our standards in elitist, bunch of snobbery is what it's all about. Are you good enough for us? Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Here's a mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello, Neil. God, what's going on? Yes, sir. I'm calling you as a graduate of college institution and a fraternity member. Hi. Uh, yeah, I spent some time four years up in uh, Buffalo, New York State University College of Buffalo, right mm-hmm. on Homewood Avenue, and. I don't know about the inside secrets of other fraternities, but when I pledged my fraternity, uh, there was no alcohol introduced into the pledge process. And uh, if we were caught, you know, outside drinking or even having a good time, you know, we were punished. It was kind of like a, a boot camp pledge process. Really? And uh, we, I was hazed. You know, I was paddled. That you occurred. Paddled? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That occurred about the last week of the pledge process. The yeah. normal pledge process lasts about six to eight weeks depending on how good the class is as far as absorbing the fraternity history that you're tested on every week. Yeah. And uh, if it's a good class, it goes through pretty quick. But uh, if it's a bad class, it can last for a whole semester at times. We've held pledge classes over for that long just because they were lazy guys. But uh, the last week is called Hell Week, and uh, that's when all the all the crap hits That's the when band. all hell breaks loose, yeah. Yes. And uh, my pledge classes involved the last week. All my, my pledge brothers had to spend the entire week together sleeping in our suite. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a state college, but there's there's three rooms to a suite mm-hmm. and a suite for, you know, the center entertainment for everybody to meet. Sounds real sweet to so, me. Yeah, well, we had to sleep on the hard floors. It was cold. You know, Buffalo gets cold in the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we became members, though, it was pretty much a professional organization. We learned parliamentary procedure. We had weekly meetings, fundraisers. It is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about, let's go back to the paddling, though. Let's not skip okay, over yeah, that let's too talk fast. About that. that sounds a little bit too bizarre to me. Well, uh, it, it all tradition. That word that you always use, tradition. Um, it like was just a, 
Uh, well, you know what? The funny thing was, uh, the, the, the chapter of my fraternity I pledged was entirely black and Hispanic. I was the only white member at the time. But nationally, it's a white organization. And uh, I think these guys were just very militant because they just, normally black fraternities pledge their, 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 their prospective members very hard to see what kind of endurance they have. It is so hard. Yeah. So, but I noticed with the predominantly white organizations that, uh, that they do drink a lot, they do party a lot, they do uh, act irresponsibly, and mm -hmm. it's a shame because those kind of things get into And they the do run naked on the beach a lot, I guess, from what I'm uh, Well, I didn't see that in Buffalo either. Oh, well, of course, yeah, I mean, you run around, you know, Lake Erie is not a good place to run around naked, especially in the middle of January. You know? Right, right, <laughs> if you're not ice skating anyway. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bad thing when fraternities do things like that. But I, mean, I, miss, I keep, I keep missing the part about the paddling part. I keep, uh, did you tell me or did I... Not all right. right. Well, we weren't paddle naked. We had clothes on. You know, with all the alumni members came out that last week, and everybody got a SWAT, and you just took it. And you know, you have this uh, pre perceived notion when you go into college. Oh, just one attorney. SWAT on the rectum. Just one. Oh no, I, we got about forty that night. Each 40. guy got a SWAT. Forty yeah. SWATs on the rectum. And you had all yeah. your clothes on. Yeah, we had our clothes on. Actually, they were fatigued because they had us out in the park, you know, getting us all muddy and doing some exercises before that. Uh -huh. And uh, but there was there was no nudity. We were never forced to drink anything. We weren't allowed to drink. We you know we couldn't uh -huh. smoke cigarettes. Normal pledges. We had to abstain for six weeks. It was like you know you were you were pledging you know yourself to this organization. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, and, was, uh, you know, a little was, spanking. There's nothing wrong with that. Correct. Yeah, uh -huh. you know they just wanted to, they just wanted to see what kind of a, a man you were. I guess. Right. I don't That's I don't right. know the logic behind it. But there was no you know running around naked or. We never made ourselves look stupid. Any organization that does no, that, I think, shaming, I think that's disgusting. You know, I mean, yeah, running it, around in the mud, getting a few lots on a rectum—that's not too bad. But no, no, other but, stuff. You know, there were parties. Yeah, there, there were never any orgies. You know, everybody pretty much had a girlfriend and, and lived a regular kind of you know sexual life yeah. as far as college is concerned. It's of course, that's much Buffalo. Keep in mind, it's Buffalo, so you know, it's not going to be too exciting anyway. But I had a good time there. I just wanted to speak. You know, there there are good things and bad things that happen in fraternities, and usually the bad things outweigh the good things because that's what people want to hear and right. they want to try and abolish it. But okay. I'm 30 years old now. I'm not involved with my fraternity anymore, but I still have friends in Buffalo that I see on a yearly basis because of the fraternity. So I'm grateful. And uh, I just want to say that. Okay, I'll see you in Chicago. Okay, you got I'll see, it. I'll Bye -bye. see you in the pew. Okay, in Fredonia, in Lackawanna. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. How dirty to me. Yeah. And do not care. Caught a disease down there. Yes. Don't know from who it came. This itching drives you insane. Ooh, it makes you wanna die. Ooh, should have used a condom. Cause now you've got this problem. Gonna bring your wet feet like What is it called? I forget. Yeah, there's a great movie about uh, fraternity hazing. We're trying to think of the name of it. 1216, it's not, is it Raging Bullcrap? 
Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Somebody will call. Here's the Coral Springs. Hello. How you doing, Neil? Pretty good, sir. Um, I have a uh, a story to tell you about a friend who was a. Uh, I have a friend in Maryland who was killed last year because of hazing. Uh, what happened was he was pledging to Sammy fraternity, and uh, one of the things they had to do is they had to get a Winnebago and drive down to Tulane to pick up a glass that had Tulane and the Sammy insignia on it. And then drive back directly after that. Uh-huh. So, uh, so whatever they went down there, they got it. They they drank a little bit, and whatever, and then uh, they started driving back. And somewhere in Mississippi, uh, the driver fell asleep at the wheel and uh, went off road. And my friend was sleeping in the top bunk at the time with the Winnebago, and he went through the windshield and got crushed in between the uh, the Winnebago and the tree. Nice. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, I'm a college student right now, and uh, I will definitely not be going after any fraternities. Great, but you'll probably never learn to build a float. But you know, yeah, you'll get by. So, okay, thanks for the bad news, pal. Right, Here we go. There's another horror story. Of course, there's a lot of horror stories, and we're not suggesting that everybody who uh, you know pledges for a fraternity is going to wind up uh, dead or wind up uh, with some horrible thing happening to them. But what's the point? What's the purpose of it? I mean, if you have to, like I said before, if you have to pay. To be part of some organization to make friends, what does that say about you? I don't get it. Five six seven oh five sixty, and, if, and also if you have to go through a whole bunch of rituals to prove that you're good enough for those people, is that like really a friend? Oh, here, let me let me show you. I'm good enough to be your friend. Please, please, pretty please, can I be your friend? Huh? Yeah, to you. How about uh, well, maybe if you run naked on the beach with me. Now, see, the guy with the paddling on the ass, I mean, that's pretty mild, you know, but what do you expect in Buffalo at a state university? Yeah. Pretty mild. Rolling around in the mud, getting 40, 50, 80 wax on a rectum. That's not bad. Sounds reasonable to me. Sounds like kind of a guy thing. Here's a Hallandale. Hello. Oh, Hallandale, Neil? Yes, sir. That guy you had on it said, screw the Marines, all right? What is it? You had a guy on about 15 minutes ago, and he said, screw the Marines, all right? Screw the Marines? Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah, well, I want to tell you something. Yeah. I'm a veteran from World War II. WW2? Yeah. Yes, sir. First Marines of Guadalcanal, all right? Yeah. It wasn't for us in the Navy. Yeah. And President Truman, we'd still be there. Tell that asshole what I just told you, all right? Okay. Thank you very much. I'll tell him. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Semper Fi. Now, what was he in? Oh, in Marines. Semper Fi. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Ever hear of a naval attack? Uh huh. Here's uh, Miami. Hello. Neil. Yes, hi. sir. How you doing? Great. Listen, uh, I, did, I wasn't calling about the whole college thing, but uh, since you are talking about it, all I got to say is those kids, uh, what they're trying to do is outdo the generations before them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, oh, I can do more than uh, my mom did, or you know, I can. I do mean, more this th- is not something brand new, though. I mean, this has been oh, no, for a long, not. long time. It's been around for a while, but anyway, I'd like to share a joke with you if I could. A joke? No. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Here's Hollywood. Hello. Hi. How you doing, Neil? Okay, sir. I got the name of that movie you want. Okay. It's called Lords of Discipline. Right. Lords of Discipline. Outstanding right. movie. Now it's not exactly fraternity. I, actually, I'm getting this information from a book. I hope that's okay. I think that's yeah. the movie. It's a, it's a video reference guide, and what it is is it's, it's a military academy that's right. starring this guy David Keith, and they're hazing this black student because. The whites want, like, supremacy on the military campus, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a different movie. What? Oh, that's not the that's movie you want? Movie. Oh, that's not the one. You're right. Okay, well, it's no. a different movie. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, my name is Mike, and I, I thought I had the right movie. No, that's a good one, though. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Okay. 
Well, I got my movie book out. Let's see. Fraternity what? Row. Fraternity Row. Like I said, I got my movie book out, and I opened it. It was under FR already. It must be an old one. Starring Gregory Harrison. Uh, Frantic. Frauds. Fraternity Row. Four stars, by the way. How do you like that in this book? USC fraternity men acted and served as crew in this tragic true-to-life story of a hazing gong wrong in the 50s. The late Newman, what Newman is that? Scott Newman. The late Newman was Paul's son. Solid acting in a well-delivered period piece. Peter Fox, Gregory Harrison, Scott Newman, Nancy Morgan, Robert M. Hart, Wendy Phillips, and Dr. Thomas Tobin. The fraternity row. Where am I going to get a copy of that? Think they got it? Four stars. And I'm not saying that happens at all at fraternities, but, uh, you know, too much crap, too much of this grotesque uh, garbage, too much running naked together on the beach, too many uh, people being made to be uh, naked and to do all kinds of strange things with their uh, magic twangers. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Homestead. Hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. A couple calls ago was absolutely correct, sir. About they are trying to outdo the generation before them. Yeah. See, with me, it wasn't so much as making friends and fraternities. I was pressured by parents. I went through the hell week and all this crap, all the crap that they wanted me to do. And, like, well, uh, what kind of crap? Oh, man, running around in dresses around campus, public humiliations. It was actually horrible. But that wasn't the worst part about it. Yeah, there that was, was the good stuff. That was, that was, yeah. But uh, at the end, there was a new requirement that they didn't have before, that you, your penis side had to be at least eight inches. But they didn't want to count my foreskin, so I fell a half inch short. Absolutely horrible, and it was yeah, devastating. Okay. Mm-hmm. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wire. What do you say? It was seven and a half inches short? Here's Miami. Hello. Yeah, the sad thing is I can believe that story. I never understood this fraternity thing. Why would you willingly humiliate yourself in front of your peers? Because you, you have low self-esteem. Maybe that's it, or you're just so, so aching to make friends that you yeah, can't well, that, that's, again, low self-esteem. Uh, can I, I want to bring up something else. I don't know if you want to talk about it. You mentioned the rave thing that you saw on the front of the paper. Right. Do you see the next thing next to it about how we're going to give another $7.5 billion to Columbia to stop the drugs? Sure. What, what are they going to learn? They're not going to learn. It's big business, man. It's, it's, it's South America is it's corrupt. It's that money right. is going straight to the politicians, right. to the rebels, and to the people that are growing the drugs. Absolutely correct. It used to only be marijuana in Colombia. Now they're growing, they're growing opium, and mm-hmm. they're growing the coca leaf, too. I right. mean, it's unbelievable. That is correct. That's our money. We're partners. <sighs> Great. Uh, down the tubes we go. Okay. Thanks, Neil. Just remember, when you think about partners, think of Hyman Roth. Not a good idea. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty or he as he would say partners five pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line Hank Goldberg show at two o'clock Marlon doubleheader at three thirty God forbid come on some more rain let's go please and let me say it again Joe and the Geldy this morning especially little dog what a suck up job with that PR guy that media guy from the Marlins that was tragic that was really we really needed Defo back here desperately today and he just left here's the Pompano Beach hello. How you doing, Neil? I just wanted to uh, respond to that guy from New York. I went to University of Miami that said that you had to be uh, in a fraternity in order to make, uh, you know, significant friendships. Forty or fifty or sixty very best friends, right? Right. Well, I like to say I went to Arizona State. I went there not knowing a soul. I did not join a fraternity, mm-hmm. and I made about uh, twelve to fifteen great friends, six of which I consider to be like uh, best friends. Right. So I think that was total nonsense. Plus, when I got there, I was asked to. Uh, 
you know, I was trying to be recruited into a fraternity, but luckily my older brothers and such told me such horror stories about, uh, you know, public humiliations, the elephant walk I heard of before, but uh, mm-hmm. also a uh, circle jerk. Right. Where the uh, the last person to finish had to eat whatever they were jerking oh, off. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was stuff. I mean, maybe for some people that says, oh, where do I sign up? I thought but, that uh, the marshmallows were gross. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't. I mean, there is nothing, and all these guys that tried to recruit me. Now, now let, let, let me ask you. I don't want to get too graphic about what you just described again, but I would like to know what kind of heterosexual activity that is. First of all, I mean, I understand adolescent, but generally a little before college age, I would think. But adolescent guys, you know, screw around uh, all the time. Sure. But but a circle jerk among college guys who are uh, allegedly heterosexual. What is that? And I mean, I personally, I don't, I don't want to be next to a guy that's uh, you know. Right. That's stroking it, and secondly, I, I don't even I don't even want to see another guy ejaculate for that matter. Right. Let alone a whole circle. Let alone be a part of it and have a chance to uh, really get to know everybody's uh, you know uh-huh. fluids. Unless maybe you got like a body condom on something like that. That's unless yeah like, maybe like an iron condom. I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay, thanks for the good news. No problem. There's a guy that's got some friends and he didn't join a fraternity. Oh! All right, and he don't run around naked with his friends on the beach. I forgot to ask him that, but I bet we can already answer. He don't do it. How do you like that, huh? Wow. Woo, woo. Even an old fag like me is grossed out by that story. Sometimes they jerk off around a cracker. Clem, Billy Bob. A saltine? I hope my mom don't feed that to my dog. Maybe that's why I got sick. 5670560. They just soda crackers. And pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. You know my mom that had her dog put to sleep? 26 past noon at 560 WQA. Can beat that gator meat. Do you have reason to believe you may be using drugs? Yes. Well, I have been acting erratically lately. Just last week I went bowling with Jesus and Jim Morrison. Those may be some of the telltale signs that you may be using drugs. How do I know for sure? Some of the other telltale signs may include you have drugs in your house. Yep, that's me. You know where to get drugs. Me again. You know all the drug lingo. <laughs> oh, yeah. You talk about Woodstock as if you're still there. Dude, Jimmy's going to play the national anthem again. And you can eat 32 cheeseburgers in one sitting. Man, who can? If you've answered yes to any or all of those questions, you may have a drug problem. If that's the case, you need to try HDT, the home drug test, the fastest and most reliable way to find out if you've been using drugs. HDT, the home drug test, available at most major pharmacies, from PA, the Easter egg people. Far out, man. 1231 at 560 WQM. we got six, 700 open lines. Now, all of a sudden, everybody just, uh, they departed. 5670560. They probably reached over and finally twisted that knob. Either that or just puked their guts out after the story that you guys just told us. And you know something? I bet you that, if pardon the expression, only the tip of the iceberg. Going back to that stuff that I read from Linda Robinson's book, Laura Robinson, whatever the hell that bitch's name is, from that book again, which is a great book called Crossing the Line. What kind of activities are these for heterosexual virile males in sporting events and fraternities? What kind of faggery is this, huh? And I got news for you. Building a float sounds to me like uh, right along the same lines, to be honest with you. Isn't that called like being an exterior decorator? Uh-huh. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's a mobile in Pembroke Pines. Hello. 
Mr. Rogers? Si. How are you doing, sir? Great. Um, what is the uh, what is the situation with Curacao? I didn't uh, follow it, and I heard something afterwards. Oh, somebody called me for and uh, very early in the program, and he said that he was thinking of going there, and if I ever been there, and I said no, and he wanted to find out if it was a good place to visit. So why why are you telling the audience? Uh, you see, I'm from that area. So I'm how... telling the audience because Sam, our promotion man, came in here and said that he and his mother went there some not too long ago, and they got off the plane, and they uh, took the ride into the city, and they looked at the hotel, and they looked around, and they uh, got back in the uh, cab, and they went back to the airport and paid to, to get out of there the same day. He said that it was a toilet. Well, I don't agree with you, sir, because the hotels in Curacao, are, are, most of them are U.S. changed, the Sonesta, the Marriott. Yeah. The 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 the, the holiday end. Well, I'm, I'm just the telling ho- you what he told me. I mean, why would I make it up? No, why but, would he make it up? No, but you shouldn't spread negative uh, uh, information. If, about he, if he would have told me that it was a wonderful place, I would have come on here and said so. I'm just uh, telling you what he said. Yeah, but if you don't check the information, Mr. So, so why don't you tell us something good about Curacao? Tell us. What am I going to do? I'm in the middle of a radio show. I'm going to uh, start doing research in the middle of a radio show. How am I going to do that? Well, let me tell you something. If you like Holland like you do, yes, you like Curacao because it's the same. Only the, you know, it's uh, it's, it's, it's still a Dutch territory. It's what? And it's a Dutch territory. It's it's part of the Netherlands that you love so much. But it has nothing to do with the Netherlands other than it's a territory. But the the laws there aren't the same. The uh, quality of life there isn't the same. What do you mean the laws are not the same? Just what I said. The laws are the same in uh, Netherlands Antilles. Of course, it's part of the Netherlands. The, yeah. the Queen is head of state. They have the local government, but it's, you know. I'm, I must be reading propaganda there because that's not what I've ever read. Well, but you, you should verify first if you... In, you... Fact, when, in fact, I'm, when I go home, I'm going to find a book that I read about the Netherlands Antilles, and if I'm right, I'm going to read, bring the material in tomorrow, and I'll read it on the air. Would you please? Because I have read that it's a very repressive place, very much unlike the uh, Netherlands. <laughs> that's what I've read. You're laughing. Are there, let me ask you this. Are there any white people there? Of course. How many? Six? Uh, maybe. Uh, come on. Eight? Uh, come on. Come on. I mean, Eleven? So, and what does that matter? What does it matter? What matters if the majority is dark or black? Well, it it matters white? to some people. I mean, uh, maybe some people it doesn't. For example, I'm not going to go to uh, the Congo if I want to go on vacation. I'd like to go where there's at least a couple of white people just so I don't feel left out. Well, Doesn't that make a difference to you when you want to go somewhere? No. You don't care if they're, they're you're the only white person there. Why should I? Why should it matter? It, it does matter. Birds of a feather do it together, man. That's just the way it works. Listen, if you love the Netherlands so much, and I know you go to Amsterdam, I, we, we, I Five go times exactly where you stay. Right. And you know, it's 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 a place where you have every race in the world right. lives in Amsterdam. That's right. So how can you how can you try to discriminate, Mr. Rogers? I'm not discriminating. I would just like a balance, okay? I don't want to be one white person in the middle of, uh, you know, a million schwarzes. I just feel uncomfortable like that. Just like if I was the only black person, like in Copenhagen, I'd feel, uh, you know, or in uh, in Stockholm. So black people are inferior than you? I didn't say that. I said that birds of a feather flock together. Well, you see, that's the racist situation. No, it's got nothing to do with okay, racism. Well, it's a fact of life. I'm it's only a fact here. of life. Mr. Rogers, I'm only here for business. I'm on my way back to near Amsterdam in two yeah. weeks. So, uh, you know, good luck, okay? Okay, good luck to you. Okay, you'll need it. Unbelievable. Just incredible. Because I don't want to go to a place where there's no other white people. In addition to which, I'm not going there anyway.
And this guy's getting all bent out of shape because uh, I don't want to go to the goddamn Netherlands Antilles. Do I want to go there? No. No. A thousand, a million times, no. I do not want to go no. to the Netherlands Antilles. And that makes me a bad guy. And uh, see, this this racist stuff, I'm so tired of that crap. I'll guarantee you that if I was as black as the ace of spades and somebody told me, okay, let's go to Copenhagen, and I looked around and found out I was the only goddamn black person there, I'd feel a little bit out of place. I'd feel uncomfortable. I'd feel like, uh, you know, you know. But I'm a racist and I'm a mean, nasty, rotten son of a bitch, and don't ever forget it, okay? And the Dunkerville. Five, six, seven, dunk it well. Isn't that what they say at the fraternity hazing parties? Dunk it well? Uh huh. Here's a mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Good morning. After living in Curacao for a couple of years, I wanted to get back to you. This is your last conversation. I ran a business there for two years. Yes, sir. Lived in the Caribbean for about five years altogether. Okay. And, uh, and this last gentleman that called uh, is absolutely right. Uh, Curacao is not the ideal tropical destination, it's more of an industrial island. So if you're looking for the tropics, that's not the place to go. But it's a safe island. People are very nice. Um, it's not a black-white thing at all, as is, as is with most of the Caribbean. I'm sorry to say, after coming back to the States a couple of years ago, living out in Dallas, uh, the racial situation in the United States has gotten much worse than it was before I left the country. Um, and that just doesn't exist in, in Curacao or in the Cayman Islands, where I lived for a couple of years as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, safe place to go. If, it's, if you're looking for a tropical destination, not a great place looking for a European destination. It is much more European than, say, Bonaire or Aruba. Aruba's mostly Americanized. It's like uh, more Americanized than Miami Beach. Let's put it that way. Now, what are you saying is a better place? Uh, depends on what you're looking for. Oh. Looking for tropical or for uh, beaches, gorgeous beaches and nice boats and, and fancy hotels and casinos. Aruba's the place to go. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a combination of, of some of that along with a more uh, European Dutch sort of flair and a feel to it, Curacao is definitely the place to go. Okay. And it is safe. Okay, thanks. So, yep. See ya. Okay, there you go. So you can believe him, you can believe the other guy, you can believe Sam. Of course, do we ever believe Sam about anything? No. No. Or whatever you want to believe. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T. It's like when I was in Bahamas that time. And we drove through downtown Nassau. Did I see one white person in downtown Nassau? No. One. Did I see one? No. No. Not one. That doesn't make them bad. Although, of course, it just so happens that, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's got nothing to do with them being black or dark or light or uh, mocha. or It just happens to be that they're a bunch of, uh, you know. Fleecers. That's a nice word. Fleecers in the Bahamas. They are. They suck the lifeblood out of you, man. They just drain you dry. They take every dime you got, and then they want some more. That was my experience. In fact, I think I was there twice. I'm sure I was there twice. And each experience was worse than the previous one. Will I ever go back? No. No. I mean, there were a lot of white people in the casinos, and so it's got nothing to do with race there, but it was a disaster. Very unpleasant. Extraordinarily unpleasant. 20 before 1 at 560 WQAM. Water spot's not good. It's great. He categorically denied he ever sorted a line of cocaine. He said that it's not true that he ever used cocaine. All right. 
Georgia lies when he lies that he tried cocaine. What the Republicans say in an attempt to save his campaign? He said he's pure as a saint, and he will never play with cocaine. Georgie lies when he denies that he tried. Okay. 12.45 at 5.60, WQM. You know, Hank was just in here. This must be another psychic experience, because he was mentioning to me about a great article in the business section of yesterday's Herald, which somehow I tossed out and never got to see it. And uh, I open up the mail. Here's one piece of mail and some uh, nice lady. And thank you, Ann. That's for you, sweetheart. She uh, clipped it out and sent it to me. She must have known that I uh, tossed it in the article, too. Great article by Greg Fields, Teddy Roosevelt Meet John Henry, in yesterday's business section, which I will read before the show is out. It's about time that somebody else had the balls to just say, oh, to uh, John Henry. Or is it just say, no. one or the other? Nice going, Greg. Here's North Miami. Hello. What's going on, Neil? Yes, sir. Uh, one of your callers before mentioned it. I got a great book for you. Okay. It's Lords of Discipline. He was talking about the film, but the book is fantastic. Yeah. And it's all about uh, hazing at the Citadel. And uh, it was written by uh, Pat Conroy, I think. Okay. And it was the best book that I ever had to read in high school. It was it was assigned to me, and it was it was it was a fantastic book. And it's all about the hazing rituals that go on at the Citadel. Great. And it's really just, just absolutely repulsive. I'm going to get that today. You'll, you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll be talking about it forever. I wonder if they were running naked on the beach together. <laughs> it's worse than that. Okay. Wait, wait till you read it. Okay. All right, can I get a shameless request? Yes, sir. Uh, Backstreet Boys, I swear I'm not gay for all the frat boys out there. You got it. Thanks a lot, man. All right, see ya. 5670560, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with a gay fraternity, but uh, just the fact that it's got 50 million members in it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. That that guy from uh, and he's talked to me before. That guy from Amsterdam or wherever the hell he's from. Disturbing, very disturbing. Give me this racial bullcrap. I mean, you know, you can either you can either put on a big act for all the rest of us, or you can tell the public, you know, who the people are in Amsterdam that make it a little bit on the unpleasant side. It's a very pleasant place. I love it to death. It's a wonderful place. The freedoms are unbelievable. The people are tremendously happy, having a great time. It's, it, the weather sucks, but other than that, nothing's perfect. But you know who the people are who uh, make it a little bit unpleasant there. They're from the same kind of places that you're telling me are so wonderful, which I'm not buying. Maybe that's why I got some kind of a negative attitude about those Netherlands Antilles. You think that might have something to do with it? Uh-huh. I think it might. Do I, I mean, do I have some kind of a an agenda, some kind of ulterior motive to make that thing up? I don't think so. Just a fact of life. Here's Miami Springs. Hello. Hey, what's happening, Neil? Yes, sir. Uh, two things. Number one, I spent three months, uh, four months actually, in Dutch St. Martin and three weeks in Amsterdam. And the tour are about as like as uh, Boca and, T- and Tallahassee. Right. And they're in the same ballpark, but they're nowhere near alike. Uh, but actually, St. Martin's a decent place to go because there's a whole half of the country that, uh, that French St. Martin, which even though they're, they're, they're French like oh, people. Oh, French. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's my bigotry showing through again. And, uh, anyway, I, I went to a private school up in uh, upstate New York that has about 2,000 total undergrads and 18 fraternities for the 2,000 undergrads. About 60% uh, students join fraternities. Uh-huh. I did not, and uh, I had friends throughout multiple different fraternities and the stories that I heard were just some of them were just outrageous. 
And I, it's just, I, you're right. The, the point of it, I just didn't understand. I just didn't understand what, what, the, what the effort was to, to attain. If you're going to go through something like that, to try and attain something. You know, if there's anything in all professions, you know, the new kid on the block always gets has a hard time. That's because you're trying to eventually reach the top of the ladder or something. Mm-hmm. What is the final goal? You're going to be, you're, you're going to meet these people. You're going to be friends with them. You're going to have some lifelong contacts, I imagine, out of it. But you're going to do that anyway. Yeah. So a decent college experience, you're going to have all of that. I just don't I, understand. I just don't understand why you have to subject yourself to a whole bunch of homoerotic experiences to in, to you know be part of some club. I mean, what what does that mean? I I, I don't know. I, I just it just seemed to me that, that to go through that, you must have a goal in mind. You must have something that you're trying to reach at the end of all the all the all the hassle. Yeah. And I just don't can't. No one's been able to tell me. Can't what put it is. your finger on it. So no one's been able to tell me what it is. Okay, well maybe somebody will. You going to the uh, no the game's in in uh, Tampa tonight, right? No, uh, it's here. Oh, it is here. Are you going? No, I don't go to exhibition games. All right. Well, have yourself a, uh, a good one. Hope you have a good season this okay, year. Okay, see ya. Yeah, we're hoping for a good season, but the way they're talking about Pavel Bury, it sounds real, real, uh, like a real ticklish situation to me, if I can say that. Getting real nervous. 5670560. Oh, in fact, I have a feeling that uh, maybe the Murray brothers put up a whole advertising campaign, you know, on like the CBC and all around all the uh, Fox affiliates around the league and put some spots on there saying, hey, this uh, announcement sponsored by the Florida Panthers. We're paying Pavel Bury $10 million a year and he had that very delicate knee surgery, you know, and uh, we really think that uh, he's like, uh, could be on his last leg. So please don't hit him when we play, okay? Don't hit him. Just uh, look at him. Just watch him fly down the ice and score a couple of goals, but please don't go anywhere near him. Very, very bad strategy as usual, boys. But I don't want to, you know, start telling you how to do your stuff, but uh, bad strategy. Here's a mobile in Coral Springs. Hello. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon, Neil. Good evening. Uh, listen, uh, first of all, Curacao and Bonaire are not part of the Netherlands deals anymore. They decided to go independent. Yeah. The only one that stayed with the, with the queen was is Aruba. And on the second place, you're right, and whoever gave you the information is very right. People in Curacao are the most rude in the whole Caribbean. Yeah. At hotels, restaurants, even at the casino, they're very, very rude. Mm-hmm. Nothing compared to the people in Aruba who are, you know, like real nice people, and they understand that they depend on the tourism more than anything else. Right. Uh, so, well, I, I mean, I hear a lot of people say they go to Aruba and have a good time, and they gamble a little bit in the beaches and whatever. I've never heard anybody said, "Oh yeah, I went to Curacao and had a really great time there." No, never heard used that. to be used to be a, a you know a very uh, inexpensive shopping place, but uh, you know even even in the shopping uh, area they treat you like dirt, you know, like uh, they're doing you a favor. Mm-hmm. So Sounds like the Bahamas. Besides, thing, they're you know. not in the, they don't belong to the Netherlands theories anymore. So that's uh, you know they they went independent. I think like. Uh, four or five years ago, and the queen only has one island now. That's Aruba. That's it. Good. Good for her. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot. That's it. Thank okay, you. Okay. Good for the queen. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's North Lauderdale. Hello. Yeah, Neil. How are you doing today? Okay, sir. Okay. What you were saying, what a call said earlier about a fraternity being a place where you buy your friends, uh-huh. I can wholeheartedly agree. I uh, I experienced something to that effect when I was at uh, FAU with a certain fraternity. I'm not going to mention uh, the name of the fraternity except to say that they mostly Jewish fraternity. I'm Jewish myself. Oh, well, that was uh, you got that in the, uh, you mm-hmm. got that Neil. I'm Jewish myself, and and I think I was probably one of the few Jewish students in campus who did not join the fraternity, and they kept trying like crazy to try to get me to join. 
and I kept saying, no, I'm not interested. Uh, I'm, I don't want to do, I'm not interested in a fraternity. I'd rather concentrate in doing schoolwork than going out and crazy stuff like you guys do. Mm-hmm. I also worked at the school newspaper with a couple of members of that fraternity, and they used to try to re- recruit me there. And what really got me was that when I started dating the girl who's now my wife, I, I committed the ultimate sin in their book by dating a non-Jewish girl. And, and a couple of people, Oy! and a couple of these uh, lovely fraternity people would come up to me and say, you know, the only thing a, a, a non-Jewish girl is good for is practice. Now, is that a nice thing to say or what? Mm. Lovely. Yeah, and, and they wondered why I would join their little group, and then, and then, and then, um, a couple of the members of the fraternity they took hold of the newspaper, and somehow I got squeezed out of the newspaper, and more or less the paper became a playground for the. Uh, for the members of that fraternity, and after I left the school, the paper somehow went out of business, and I was not surprised. You know what always comes to mind when I think of fraternities and all these rituals and all the hazing? Overgrown children. That's what always comes into my mind, overgrown little kids. That's what it is. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, I had heard about some of the rituals that this particular fraternity was doing, and I'm saying to myself, hey, I, hey this is the kind of stuff you'd expect in kindergarten. Right, there about. you go. Okay, Neil, I'm more or less out of material. I just want to put in my two cents worth. Okay, Zach is going see you. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. We got two three hundred open lines in the building. Is Hank Goldberg? He'll be here too. And uh, the Marlin uh, Devil Header with the Expos this afternoon. It's dubious. That's all I can tell you. That's the only word I can say. It's dark. It's uh, dreary. It's been raining. And you know, and they're going to be screaming. Oh yeah, this is why we need the dome stadium. They even had the little dog sucking onto that this morning. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my ears that a big macho guy like Joe Rose turned into such a little suckling when they had their PR guy. But uh, we've seen him do that before, you know. Like after, with like the Brian Murray, the before and after last season on that coach's show, we saw, you know, the before, the macho guy, and then we saw how they kind of like turned him around, so to speak. Here's Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil. How are you doing? Okay, sir. First time caller. Just wanted to tell you a little story uh, from my days in college. Uh, I attended UF at the uh, beginning of the 90s, and uh, pl- the brothers aren't, brothers aren't the only ones who get it from uh, from the brothers. Sometimes it's the other way around. And uh, we had our, our pledges drop off a couple of dozen brownies, had a sorority drop them off. They were ex-laxed. We had a party that night. We had the pledges. Yeah, you got it. Had had the pledges guard the bathroom so people would not go in there and puke all over it. So we yeah. had a good place to go. Beauty. So to get them back, we went to Dunkin' Donuts, got one of every single donut they had, plus some donut holes, mm-hmm. and covered our private areas with them, took pictures, on Monday at dinner time, passed them around and had the pledges sit together. And the pledges got to see the pictures of where each donut sat on each brother. And it, to, needless to say, there's a lot of very white faces in there. But uh, that's that's about the worst it ever got. That's a gay club, you moron. Yeah. Okay, thanks for the good news. Anybody know what he just said? No. No. Was it the bacon cheese mushroom thing by chance that they were advertising that you wanted? Yeah, whatever. I mean, no, let's exactly something, just something, anything, you know. Of course, that's what happened. You the wrong thing. I beg your pardon. It was Joe. He didn't want to get you the wrong thing. I know it was Joe. Okay, I know it was you. I'm sure he's trying to do the right thing. Five six seven oh five sixty. You're so defensive and so like neurotic about this. I'm not. Yes, you are. You're like part of some kind of a food fraternity. 600 open lines on that board, baby. 5670560. Pound 560 on the AT&T line. Oh boy, it's the 1 to 2 hour. Yeah. 
every day Like daisies we sing Like verses but we must tell you yes. We swear we're not gay if you want They are everywhere. Two minutes after one at 560 WQM. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's a mobile in uh, Miramar. Hello. Neil Dodd. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I hear you. Okay. Uh, my brother was president of a fraternity, and uh, then when I went to school at uh, Florida State, uh, they rushed me pretty hard, but uh, I wasn't in it, uh, but I had friends there, and, and I think the whole point of the thing was, was when you're a pledge and you're rushed, and you go through adversity, even though it's uh, created, it's, it's it's fake adversity. It's supposed to bring you together tighter as a group. Mm. And so supposedly that's the whole Greek system. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the way Greek works. That's what I hear. Okay, thanks. Greek brings you together tighter is what Rectum. the Greeks always said. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. At least you were tighter in the beginning, I guess. And pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. See, it's it's you know it's interesting, and the one guy, thank God, he finally did call as a kind of a breakthrough there around 11:15, the one running naked on the beach with his boyfriend or whatever it is. But uh, you know, we're not hearing much of the just a just a little scrape on the surface here because most of you, for obvious reasons, are far too humiliated and embarrassed to uh, remember those days, whether it was six weeks ago or six years ago or 30 years ago, and tell us about it because uh, you know why? Why should you admit that you were humiliated and degraded and forced to do all of these things? Because we know that they happened. There's no doubt about it, and especially in the wake of my reading that stuff on the air, which, of course, just sends all of this stuff screaming out of the closet. Naturally, you're not going to tell us about it. We understand. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. Here's a mobile in Pompano. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, you had a caller just a little while ago that uh, had some comments about the Dutch Antilles in Aruba. I wanted to kind of set that some couple of uh, misinformations there straight. I'm from the islands myself. Yes. And uh, 
the person's uh, misinformed. Uh, all of the islands are still under the Dutch Queen. Those are all still Dutch islands. Everybody there are still Dutch citizens, but they're separate as far as the government goes. And as far as the people in Curacao being rude, I don't know where exactly they were staying, but uh, you know, all of the people there are fairly nice. Uh, Aruba is known for having nicer people, but uh, as far as uh, what the government set up is, uh, they really, I don't know where they got their information. That's just not accurate. Aruba is a separate entity. The Dutch Antilles is a separate entity, and all of them fall under the Dutch Queen. Mm-hmm. So that was just a comment I wanted to make, kind of set it straight, and uh, I don't know where they came to with that, but uh, Man, listen, to throw in... all you got to do is open up the phone, and you get you know, 80 million different pieces of misinformation. There's no question about that. Right. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, that was pretty much it, man. Okay, First thanks. time caller. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Okay, there you go. Believe whatever you want. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. I'm believing whatever I want because am I going there? No. No. In spite of what my good friend from Amsterdam was telling me before, that was giving me a lecture and a song and a dance about what a racist bastard I am and what difference does it make. Here's Boca. Hello. Yeah, hi, Neil. Yes, sir. I, I just wanted to say, no matter what anybody says, Dutch queens, this queen, you are my queen. Right. And uh, let me ask you to say one more thing. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to thank you, by the way, for the tickets uh, for the hockey game. I went Friday, and it was terminal, but uh, <laughs> yeah. my son liked it, and I did want to thank you. George was wonderful for taking care of it. And I don't know how, I really don't know how you're going to make it through the season, to be honest. It, well, it, don't forget, it was an exhibition game, number one. Oh, my God. But uh, you're right, it could be a very long season. I'm Espe- telling you. Especially if Burray is really as fragile as they uh, are starting to hint around that he is. Uh, we could have some real problems. It's going to be scary, but, but they, they're not doing anything. You know, they're not making any moves. As you would say, good luck to us. Exactly. Bye. See ya. Yeah, but at least I got a short trip home from the Macarena. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five. And have we had one woman who was a member of a sorority call us today? No. See, this is the problem. This is a problem. We have these women who claim that they're out there listening, but no matter what it is, you know, I, I thought that that was a very, very uh, good point for me to bring up. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and I don't know. I have no idea. When women join sororities, do they have to go through some of the same kind of crap? Do they go through the same kind of hazing? Because I've never heard of such things. And there's only one way to find out, and that would be if somebody out there would call and tell us. But, of course, maybe we don't have anybody out there who could tell us because maybe we don't have any women who are ever in a goddamn sorority, which is highly unlikely, but who knows. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's Plantation. Hello. Neil? Yes, sir. I was in a fraternity. I, I uh, got out of the Navy. I went in on uh, on a GI Bill of Rights. They allowed me to wash dishes and wait tables for my uh, my food. Uh, I went on a GI Bill of Rights, and the government got it back hundreds of times in taxes later on. We were paddled, and we paddled, and it taught us discipline. It taught us how to run a business. Now, some of the kids... No, no, wait they, You were paddled and it taught you how to run a business? We That taught us discipline. Rectum. That's where we got paddled. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But we also ran our, our uh, affairs, and we we learned Robert's Rules of Order. We learned how to run a meeting. Yeah. We learned a lot of things that you should get in college, and I'm not sorry for it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you paddled, was that in the Navy or in the uh, fraternity? No, the, the fraternity, oh. we were... And I guarantee you, it was Rectum. not... It was not as rough as boot camp. I'm sure of that. Okay, thanks. I'm glad you uh, came out or whatever you, whatever that means. Well, don't take it the wrong way. 
Five six came out okay, I guess is what I meant. Five six seven oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. See what's wrong with a little bit of paddling, huh? Rectum. Yeah. All these people arguing about whether to paddle your kids in school. Here's a bunch of uh, adults, or at least pretty damn close to adults, like young adults, adolescents, uh, whatever the hell they were, punks. And look at what this uh, paddling did for this guy, huh? On a lollipop, little boy. Hi, this is Clayton. From the area's newest car dealership, Plate Taurus. Our lot is jammed with a fleet of Plate Tauruses, H1 completely carpeted for your comfort. And all of our Plate Tauruses are available in a wide variety of colors, ranging from brown to red all the way to hot pink. The Plate Taurus handles in all kinds of weather, from hot and dry to cool and wet. Stop in for a test drive and experience that new Cleet Taurus smell. And when you buy from us, we'll hand buff your Cleet Taurus until you're satisfied. Cleet Taurus, because the more it shakes, the better you're driving. Okay, 114 at 560 WKM. Thanks to Kitty, by the way. I got a nice short note here with a couple of interesting things in a box. Ever have a thing in a box? Interesting thing? Uh-huh. Says I'm a proud Dutch girl from Amsterdam who thinks your show is one of the greatest here in Florida. Please enjoy these watches in good health and keep up the good work. And they're like um, Backstreet Boys stamp watches. They are collectible things. There's like four to a strip of them. They're like connected like postage stamps. And each uh, segment is like a watch with pictures of the Backstreet Boys. So they're collectible uh, stuff. Thank you, Kitty. See, so we got somebody nice from Amsterdam. And then my old uh, friend who was in a crotchety mood today giving me a song to dance about what a racist I am, et cetera, and so on. And he knows where I stay, so uh, whatever. You know, well, what does that mean? Who gives a crap? 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's a lady mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Neil, I turned on the radio a couple minutes ago and heard you were looking for a woman that was in a sorority. Right. I was, but I don't know why you're looking for one. Okay, so well, I was, to... ta- I was talking earlier about the grotesque things that go on with hazing uh, in sports and in the military and also in the fraternities, and we're wondering if the same kind of crap goes on to join a sorority. There was some in my sorority, which I went to University of Maryland, and, um, yeah, in my sorority there was some horrible things that went on. Really? Yeah, that's why I left. Like what? Um, I, I guess not so much like the physicalness that you hear in hazing, but more like the more like embarrassing the, the girls and um, just like more mental anguish, I guess, would be the answer than actual physical. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, that sounds uh, like the basis for real good friendships. Yeah, exactly. That's why I left. I mean, the idea was to build friendships that would be lasting and that kind of thing, and, and it was not. It was not in any way. Um, it, there was an incident where there was um, every other night you had to be in a, a study group at the sorority house, and if the girls were not being quiet or studying, they would lock one of the two girls up in a laundry room for 10 hours. I mean, oh, for 10 hours? Great. Yeah, real dumb stuff hmm. like that. You must have thought um, you joined a convent instead. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They would also do things to embarrass the, the girls on campus. If they, um, The pledge is that they did not um, remember the rules or the, or the uh, Greek alphabet correctly. They would have to wear these, like, huge strains, like um, buttons on them all day that said, I did not remember this, you know, things, real mature things like that. Yeah, silly, stupid crap, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's the same, whether it's a fraternity or a sorority. It's just just that you you don't uh, get an opportunity to gangbang any of your guys. (laughs) 
Well, sometimes, I guess. Really? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. sweetheart. Thanks a million. You're welcome. Have a great day. Five six seven oh five sixty. So basically, what we're finding out is that sororities, fraternities, all of these things—it's basically uh, you know acting like a jackass and how much they can humiliate and degrade you. And then maybe if you can survive all of that crap, then you're good enough to be allowed to pay your way into their club. That's that's really what it boils down to. But of course, like the guy from New York said, if you want to make some friends and keep them, you better join up, or else, or else you're going to be real lonely. Because, you know, guys who, uh, guys and women, I guess, too, the same thing. If you're not comfortable running naked on the beach with all these great friends you've got, then you just, your life ain't worth a crap. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T line. Here's Kendall. Hello. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, just an observation. I think that, uh, you have expounded this thing, uh, perfectly. Uh, the jerk that called the one in the closet. That was a beautiful example of it. Yes, he was uh, perfect. I could not couldn't have written a better script. That's the faggot in the closet all the way. <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, I would like to be, with all due respect, by the way, um, I would like to say something. Probably this is a cavernicola, in other words, a uh, Stone Age kind of behavior, wouldn't you say, sir? Yes. I mean, like the military, they, they have to beat the crap out of you to let you in. The colleges, they have to be the crap, the, the sororities, the countries even. When you want to be, to go somewhere else, you have to go through a lot of humiliation. Right. Like that. Uh-huh. It's a very elementary thing, you know. Yeah, if, if you want something, you, know, you have to allow us to degrade you and humiliate you, and then maybe uh, if you're that's real right. nice, we'll let you uh, have it. That is correct, and that's very subhuman behavior. Right, that's However, I was very I was very happy about your observation about that guy, because guys like that abound, you know. When it comes to colleges, and that's where I want to go to, in other words, if a college is a universal fountain of knowledge, of human knowledge, humanitas, yeah. it should behave accordingly. Right. And this behavior should have been condemned hundreds of years ago. Because right. they, they cannot do that and get away with it. Absolutely correct, sir. My name is Francisco, and I'm at your service, sir. And God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. I'll pray for you. Five six seven oh five. I don't know why I keep saying it. That one guy said that the one day, and I just keep repeating that. I'll pray for it. Why the hell not? Although I don't think he needs it. So how about these sandwiches, huh? Five six seven oh five oh five sixty and pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Should I mention on the ear where we got these sandwiches from? By the way, why not? I better not. Here's uh, Miami. Hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing today? Pretty good, sir, although I paid for it, so why not? Yes, sir. <laughs> have, have you heard of a sport called rugby? Yes. Well, you know, these are like the toughest men in the world, right? It's, it's a very difficult, tough sport, and I played for, for many years. And when you first start playing, first of all, you're this new guy. You're an idiot, and they treat you really bad, a mm-hmm. form of hazing. But when you score your first goal or what they call a try, yeah. Um. That night or the next night, they have a big get together, a big gathering. They make you they make you do what's called a Zulu dance, where they stand you in front of everybody at the bar or wherever, whichever establishment you're at, mm-hmm. and they start singing these um, ancient songs that these rugby guys have been singing for hundreds of years, and they pour beer on you and spit on you and um, degrade and humiliate you. Right, and they flick cigarettes at you. It, it, it's a real oh, pain right. in the ass. It, it, yeah, exactly. And then they start, you know. You know, you know, they sing, and you, then you take your shirt off, and you're standing there stark naked in front of all these people, oh. and you turn around, and you moon them, and you, you know, you're hanging. You, so, them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these real tough guys, they all want to see, you, you know, your, your balls and your... Yeah, you know, what, what, now, see, we finally got a call, and, of course, rugby, like you said, is supposed to be one of the real macho, even though the British do play it, but nevertheless. Exactly. I mean, what the hell is that all about? 
Well, I don't know, but another thing is during the game, it's a constant game, so if there's somebody on the right-hand side of the field hurt, the, the game continues on the other side of the field, and, um, you know, everybody urinates on the on the oh, part of my French, but everybody urinates on the field. What they do is they just take their thing and hang it out of the side of their pants. Everybody's peeing, and, I mean, you know, there's no shame. There's really no shame in the game, you know, in the piles. You know, you know, the guys are be squeezing. It's, it's a... You know, as tough as some of these guys are, they are absolutely in the closet. I, yeah. I, I don't play anymore because I've hurt my back, but I just wanted to call and give my input. God bless you, that. pal. Thanks for the good news. Have a great day, Neil. See you. How do you like that? The rugby men, huh? They're the macho boys. Oh! Let me say it again. Any situation like that, no matter what the sports, military, fraternities, you name it, where a bunch of guys uh, coerce other guys to get naked, there's something really, really strange going on here. Uh, as in, take it from me, it takes one to know one. You know what I'm saying? God, to think I've been missing out on all this good stuff? 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Here's a mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Mobile? Yes, sir. All right. Well, um, I was in a fraternity for my five-year college uh, education. Right. And uh, right at 1980, when they started getting serious about hazing, so we only got the tomato fight. Uh, well, we were blindfolded as pledges, but um, and eating an onion and things like that. But what I want to comment on is that in every pledge class we had, two a year, we always uh, found out that we had a homosexual in the pledge class, mm-hmm. whether it was after uh, the semester was over or somehow during. Uh, catch him locked on with some other guy in a closet somewhere. And, Just one. Um, <clears throat> so the only one, right? To, uh, well, in some cases too. I'd say an average of one point three seven eight, something okay. like that. Okay, that's good. Per pledge class, and um, uh, most of them were, uh, if I can say this, fairly good-looking guys. We thought that they would right. help, us, help us with the uh, girl angle, bring mm-hmm. them into our parties. Right. But uh, then they started to tend to not really want to go after the girls, and we would catch on. But we never had to get naked with anyone, never really tried to. Oh, lucky for you, man. Other than the sororities. That would be a cross you'd have to bear uh, the rest of your life. That's right. I I don't. I, I can sleep well at night now. Excellent. Okay, thanks. Yeah. All right. Five six seven oh five sixty. Well, maybe he went to a fraternity. That that one guy was in it called us at 11.15, the one that runs naked on the beach with his uh, buddies. With his boyfriends? So help me. Seriously, I'll, I don't think I'm ever going to um, recover from that call. That was just so astonishing, so spectacular. Everything you could possibly want, all right there in one amazing phone call. As in, when in doubt, blurt it out. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. My buddies, my pals, for life, we're going to go out there and run naked in the breeze and take showers together and do the old elephant walk and whatever else, you know? Now you're talking. Here's Coral Springs. Hello. Yeah, Neil, how you doing? Okay, sir. Neil, I got a real depressing story for you. Oh. I went over to the driver's license bureau in Pompano Beach to get a copy of my driving record for job application. Uh-huh. And there's a sign on the door, closed for tropical disturbance. Yeah, the, st- the state is uh, taken off today. So there's no state agencies. So I just wanted to warn people. Good point, closed. yep. All right, thank my you. My phone rang, uh, thank you, 6.30 this morning to tell my uh, roommate, John, who works for the state, no, uh, no coming to work today. How do you like that? 
Yeah, she calls. I pick up the phone six thirty in the morning. I wonder what kind of a maniac is calling here at six thirty in the morning. From the state of Florida, office closed today. Why is that? Well, there's a pigeon took a leak uh, somewhere over. Uh, you know, dropped one. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. Don't let me forget to read that uh, column by Greg Fields. And thanks again to the uh, very nice lady who sent that to me. He's too young. I have a hairy chest. I have a hairy chest. I have a hairy chest. Real men have hairy chests. I like to watch Baywatch. I like to watch Baywatch. I like to watch Baywatch. Real men like to watch Baywatch. I like to listen to Ricky Martin. What? I like to listen to Ricky Martin. Hello? Real men don't listen to Ricky Martin. Sorry, pal. Ah, shit. <laughs> by Real Men. And Real Men don't join fraternities. 130 at 560 WQAM. Here is uh, Hollywood. Hello. Hollywood. Hello. Yes, Neil. sir. Neil. Yes, sir. You ever hear of the CC camps in the 30s, 37? Yeah. Well, talk about initiation. They just give you a short sheets or put a snake in your bed. Yeah. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Okay, thanks. You ever hear that? Here's our last call, Color Rage. Hello. Hello. Mr. Rogers. Yes, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, interesting topic. Uh, I was in the Navy uh, for about 14 years. Mm -hmm. uh, we finally crossed the equator. There's an initiation when you do that called the shellback initiation. And I went through with it myself. Um, it was humiliating. They made us climb through old food that they had put in uh, chutes where you had to climb through the chute. Uh, you had to stick your head in the fat, the fat, they picked the fattest man on the ship, and they make you rub, he rubbed your head in his belly. Pretty weird stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Very weird. There was a guy on the ship, though, and he was a friend of mine named Maciag, and he, he declined to do this. Mm -hmm. He declined, he, you know, it's your right, uh, he was one of the few people who did, but he was in my troop, and I knew him real well. He decided, no, I'm not going to do this. I will not go through with this, and he stayed in his bunk. And I found out later during the cruise that he was, like, basically pushed out of the Navy. And uh, I don't, you know, I really don't want to say about this. I thought the whole thing was ridiculous. What I went through, I mean, there were things I refused to do. They wanted me to eat my breakfast off the floor where they took pancakes and put them on the actual deck of the ship. Beautiful. Yeah, and wanted me to eat it, and I said, no, I will not do that. Uh -huh. you know. And But whatever thing, whatever the deal is, Maciej was a friend of mine. Uh, he refused to do it. Then, because I'm his friend, and even though I did reach my shellback glory and I've got my certificate and everything, uh, I was kind of blacklisted because I was a friend of this guy yeah. who decided, and I really think you're onto something here about this. The I don't know if it's homosexuality latency. I don't know if that's exactly what it is. Sure it is. But it sure is close mm -hmm. because it struck me as very odd. Yeah, peculiar, strange, very queer. Peculiar. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. So that's my story. Um, you know, I went through the rest of my life with no problems. Macy, I whatever. I think he was he was pretty dejected by this whole thing. Really, a lot of people were treating him like you know, really like crap. Reject, yeah. And 
you know, it wasn't fair to the guy. He was a good guy. He was a nice guy. He was a just everyday, ordinary guy that I met in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but because he didn't want to degrade and humiliate himself, they it, said, that you're out. Well, exactly right. Mm-hmm. And um, I almost, you know, if, if it makes eggs out there, good luck to you, sir, and, and you're my man. Okay. okay <laughs> Thank pal. you. Okay, if you're out there, uh, whatever. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Let me say it again: these are grotesque, these are unacceptable rituals, and a bunch of crap. And like I also said before, now see he gets into a situation where they don't have a choice; they're a captive audience out there on the ship. But I mean, if you have very low self-esteem, or your kids, if they have very low self-esteem, they want to go off and uh, join a fraternity or a sorority. You know, my advice would be uh, cut the crap, okay? Be a man, be a woman, uh, maybe somewhere in between, whatever the hell you want to be. But don't, like, uh, have to be a quizzling for other people and grovel at their feet for their acceptance. Screw them. Here's a mobile implantation. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. I just want to tell you I hate you. Okay, thank you. And thanks for listening to 560 WQAM. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Great. Good, good, good. Listen, let's not leave out uh, the homophobic cops. Uh, only the women come out in the police force. And the one thing I respect about the women that are cops, at least they're honest about it. Yeah. That's the most homophobic group, the most latent group I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I mean, let's face it. I think you've been through their wrath. Yeah. Anyway, I'm in the middle of a tropical storm. i got to go. Okay, pal. Like oh, is it raining again out there? We could have a, a rain out today, doubleheader. Maybe we'll have to have a doubleheader starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning for the Marlins. Sounds good to me. Maybe a triple hitter. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T wireless line. Mobile in Marathon. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? Great. Hey, Neil. I was wondering if maybe this weekend you'd like to come down here and do some fishing with me and my family. No. Here's uh, Miami. Hello. Neil, did anyone mention the movie Fraternity Row? No. That was the one with Paul Newman's late Oh, yeah, they did, it. yeah. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, that I read the one. whole thing about it from the book. That right? was the one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. Well, thank you. Yes, they did. Thank you. Fraternity Row, I'd go out and rent it right now if I were you. Be a real good piece of advice for you on why not to have your kids join a fraternity or a sorority or any of you punks out there that are thinking of joining one. Just say no. to being treated like some kind of subhuman scumbag just so you can get somebody else's acceptance <laughs> to them. That's what I say. See, this goes back again to the fact that too many people in society are worried about what everybody else thinks. Oh, I want to be accepted. I want to be part of, just be a person. That's all. That's good enough. If you're a good person, if you've got something going for yourself, you'll make all the friends you want, real friends, not people that you had to buy to join into some kind of special pseudo-intellectual goddamn uh, snobbish club. Bunch of elitist assholes, if you ask me. Not that I, you know, not that I have strong feelings about this, do I? Uh-huh. I find the whole concept degrading, nauseating, disgusting, and after reading this book about the hockey crap and all this other crap going on, just unbelievable. No, and I'd like to, like I said, very believable. And I, you know, there's the one thing I've asked, and I could, I could sit here and I could pound on this from now until the end of goddamn time and never get a response. You want to know why? Because there is no answer. And that question being, how come in professional sports or college sports or any sports, all these macho guys with their jock straps on and their tight uniforms, how come it's okay for them to pat each other on the ass? Grown men, guys 30, 40 years old in baseball, football, pat each other on the ass. 
guy, the manager, comes out of the pitching coach to make a pitching change, takes the ball from the pitcher, pats him on the ass. Can you think of any other endeavor of a non-sexual nature in which one man pats another man on the ass? You go out and make a big sale at the office. Does the boss come along and pat you on the ass? No. No, you bet your sweet ass he don't. Sounds like a good foundation for a sexual harassment suit to me. You get an A on your exam in school. Does the teacher come along and pat you on the ass? No. Maybe unless it's that one in Hollywood, she might. But other than that, only in sports, baby, only in this gay club do guys take showers together, pat each other on the ass, all of this uh, clutching and grabbing. And then, of course, go out and have a good gangbang and, uh, you know, do some slut together. That story about the Guelph, I, I'm going to read that. I wasn't going to read it. It's pretty grotesque, but nevertheless, we can say penis on the air. Can we say penis on the air? No. Where's that part in here? Where's that part, so to speak? I'll find it. Oh, God. Yeah, play something in the middle here. Like I said, I can't find it. What the hell is that? Combo music. We're talking combo. Oh, combo music. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it talked about these two guys. They had it. They changed the names of some of these uh, players in their book. But anyway, it says here's the one. He says he not only watched closely while his teammate had sex, he choreographed it, pointing his toe to where he wanted the girl's head to be. Since she couldn't satisfy his friend, he wouldn't go out with her anymore. In another case discussed in this book, the complainant could only have the star of the team if he brought two of his teammates along. And in another, one of the defendants asked another, why didn't you wait for me when he walked in on his friend having sex? Two Guelph Storm hockey players tried to put their penises in a woman's mouth at the same time. Who would receive the most physical pleasure from this act? They also wanted to know who was best, as if the sexual act were a continuation of team practice. What's there to say except, all right. 21 before 2 at 560 WQAM. That fanny is so large, I don't think he has ever seen the Buttmaster machine in his life. <laughs> Do you love breakfast cereal? Do you love beer? Then you'll love Beerios, the world's first beer-soaked breakfast cereal. My husband never had time to eat breakfast in the morning, and to get him to even touch me was like pulling teeth. But now he wouldn't think of starting his day without three heaping bowls of Beerios, and he can't keep his hands off of me. Come here, you little wench. Harvey, the kettle's here. Beerios is available at all fine supermarkets and liquor stores everywhere. I, I used to be depressed. So with Beerios, I've got a reason to wake up. I start each day with a buzz. Beerios, it's oats, it's alcohol, it's fun. Harvey! <laughs> 144 at 560 WQAM. Here's a mobile in West Palm Beach. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Fraternity brother here, man. All right. Hey, I just wanted to tell you you're a synagogue fag. Yeah. Okay, thanks. There's another fraternity asshole. I rest my case. A synagogue fag. See, there's the pot calling the kettle pink right there. Fraternity boy. Probably got that. Probably was doing the elephant walk uh, for hours, for days, months. Here's a mobile in Boca. Hello. Hey, Neil, there's a real important reason to belong to a fraternity or, or a sorority. And what is that, sir? And that is that once you join and you become a member, you think your stuff doesn't stink anymore. Uh-huh. Is that it? That's, I think that's the only reason I can think then of. Then you can become an elitist just like the rest of them. Yeah, and and then you can stink. prepare to do the same kind of crap to them that they did to you, to, to other stink. kids. But it doesn't stink, though, so it's okay, huh? Uh-huh. Okay, thanks. thanks. Don't rub their noses in it, though. 
Okay, it's getting pretty weak. Let me read this uh, column. And again, thanks to the lady who sent this to me because I misplaced yesterday's business section. And by the way, I misplaced all of this morning's Herald in the wastebasket because it was about 20 gallons of soaking water. How come the Sun Sentinel? No problem this morning. But right side by side with it, right in the middle of the same rainstorm, there's the Herald, just a pile of mush. You think I missed anything? No. No. But anyway, in yesterday's business section, Greg Fields writes, and the headline says, Teddy Roosevelt meet John Henry. It's hard to imagine John Henry, the owner of the Florida Marlins, with a hammer in his hand like his namesake of American folklore. He apparently wouldn't mind, however, if the rest of us picked one up to help build a stadium for his long-suffering baseball team. Taxpayers are expected to foot the bill for a new home for the Marlins. In exchange, we get what? Good seats? An autographed program? The right to play center field in a game of our choice? No, we get the bill. The Marlins, we all know, look like fish out of water when they play pretty much any pro team these days, but they might improve with time. It happens with wine, so there's no reason to oppose a public stadium. That's no reason. Rather, we should oppose the stadium because baseball, the all-American game, operates under a most un-American set of economic rules. Someone summoned Teddy Roosevelt. Baseball needs a trust buster. Long ago, the owners of America's baseball clubs cowed government into accepting the league from antitrust laws. Antitrust laws simply are those that prevent monopolies, as the nation once had for J.P. Morgan's railroads, John Rockefeller's oil company, and Ma Bell's phones. Our first president, our first President Roosevelt, had a reputation for breaking them up. Baseball's antitrust exemption means that club owners, benevolent citizens like Marge Schott, George Steinbrenner, and Wayne Hypinga, can prevent competing leagues from forming. They carefully ration which cities get teams. By limiting supply, they jack up the value of franchises faster than a limited edition Beanie Baby. For reasons not clearly understood, perhaps a certain Freudian form of envy, cities do just about anything to land a club to prove their major league. Only a major league fool would buy into that. With the current system, there's no incentive for baseball owners to care about costs. Their assets are covered by taxpayers. You'd think Mr. Henry, who made his fortune in the rough-and-tumble world of commodities trading, apparently he was even more gifted at it than Hillary Clinton, would support a free market in baseball. When he took over the Marlins, he seemed to recognize the game was in trouble. It's my responsibility to alter the economics, and I feel like I'm capable of doing that, he said. Perhaps. But if Mr. Henry wants a stadium in downtown Miami, reportedly one of the preferred sites, he'd have to alter the economics of the city itself because it happens to be, shall we say, less than flush. One is hard-pressed to imagine the state-appointed oversight board that controls Miami's frightening finances approving a stadium over, say, garbage collection. Perhaps they could let the Marlins pry the roof off the old Miami arena now that it's being abandoned by the NBA's heat. Admittedly, John Henry would face a tough battle in getting his fellow team owners to give up a monopoly, so if he still wants a new home for his team, he can employ an economic tool that I discovered when I bought my house. He could pay for it. How do you like that? Greg Fields in the Herald yesterday in the business section. Nice going, Greg. Of course, too bad it's in the business section that nobody reads. Just like the article about uh, last week about the hotel people just saying any more of their tax money going to build a stadium for this guy. Here's a Hollywood. Hello. Hey, Neil. Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Neil, did you see in this sports section today about uh, Felix Trinidad? 5D, I think it is. 3D, rather. He was called the top-class fighting cock. How's them apples? Meaning what? Well, evidently he went down to uh, Puerto Rico and they had some kind of a parade for him. Yeah. And they were all screaming, them, screaming at him in Spanish, that, that, that particular line. Galito Gastillo, it said. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Maybe he'll be at the cockfights in Hialeah next week. 
Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. We got six hundred open lines and eleven minutes to kill here. Do you think we'll do it? No, I don't think so. Like somebody pulled a goddamn plug on this thing here at about one forty five. Here's a mobile in Davy. Hello, Andy, uh, fraternity guy. Yes, sir. Uh, the brothers want to know if uh, you'd like to come over here and do a Bukaki video with us. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. the material. That's it. That's all his material. See, this is this is what you get from assholes, okay? This is the response. They can't articulate anything, so let's start attacking me because they don't like the truth. It's just like the time I did the stuff on the wrestling, and they got all psychotic and uh, neurotic. Same thing. Just lash out at me. Go ahead. Be my guest. I don't give a crap. Take your best shot, baby. <clears throat> Pathetic. You're not fooling anybody. That's what you're pissed off about. You're fired up and pissed off because you've been brought out of the closet into the open, and the spotlight's being shown on your uh, latency. Five six seven oh five sixty, and of course you can't explain. It would take far too much for you to explain why it's necessary to force these young kids to participate in these activities. You can't do that. So just continue making. See, I you don't have to make no difference about me because I'm out of the closet. Twenty almost twenty three years now. Everybody knows I'm a fag, and I have no problem with that. What about you guys? What about you guys with your elephant walk and your need to have all these uh, young guys naked and on their uh, hands and knees and doing the elephant walk and all this other crap? 